Hello and welcome to episode 54 of the Ram Nintendo Podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Jose. And this episode is the Winds of Nostalgia, as we'll be revisiting Link's um, oceanic escapades, I guess you could say. With, uh, thank you, sir. Uh, with full impression, we're going to have full impressions, is what I'm trying to say, of The Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker HD, a bit later in the show, so stay tuned for that. But of course, as always, we start with news, and it's been a busy couple weeks on the Nintendo news front. Um, there was a Nintendo Direct this past week. A full-fledged one for all time. Yeah, after having, like, just a Wii Fit U Direct and whatnot, we have an actual Nintendo Direct with multiple games being covered, so we're going to break down that and share our thoughts on that. We're also going to discuss some key Kickstarters that got funded, um, the Wii U firmware update, and even some interesting developments involving Nintendo and their software engines, of all things. They might be doing, they might be making some shifts in how they develop games, and it could mean some interesting things for the future. So we're going to cover all of that, uh... Throughout the show, as always, you can get timestamps to any specific thing we talk, we're going to talk about on the blog post at ramtown.com. But before we get to all that, even, we have uh, an interesting list, something a little more unique, something we don't usually do. We went to IndieCade 2013, the independent International Independent Games Festival in Culver City, California, here in LA. So uh, we went there, we checked out Nintendo's lineup, they had something like 17 games... And actually, I just came straight from there to here. So, like, this is literally, like, just happened. It's this weekend, the weekend we post the podcast. So, uh, it's in its seventh year, IndieCade. And this is the first time Nintendo's been there. First time they've had, like, major corporate companies like this. It used to be just, uh, you know, like, real indie developers. But now it's major companies showing off what indie games are coming to their platforms. Are other, are, like, Sony and Microsoft usually always there? Or? Uh, I don't think so. Sony was there this year, I know. Microsoft was a sponsor, but they didn't have a booth, which was bizarre. The Oculus Rift, the VR glasses, that was there. That was cool. I was a giant flying elephant in virtual reality. Because when I think reality, I obviously think giant flying elephants the best way to demonstrate reality. Are you sure it wasn't Dumbo? It was not Dumbo. Unless Dumbo had, like, a a striped trunk that was, like, two-tone. No, this is, like, a clown makeup elephant of some sort. But anyway, that's beside the point. So the thing with IndieK is it's certain... clown makeup in the movie, too. But not stripes right, on his trunk. Stripes, yeah. Also, the trunk was very long. Dumbo didn't. I mean, he's an elephant, but he didn't have very... This is way <laughs> off topic. <laughs> point being, um, IndieK is actually a really cool thing because it gives indie developers like a chance to shine. And um, they take over like a good chunk of downtown Culver City. Like, they have a block. They take over a little block where they shut down the street and put all these tents, outdoor tents. Yeah, I didn't that. realize it was outdoors. I yeah. Be... Yeah, I didn't either. And then when I got there and it was like 91 degrees because like there's a heat wave in LA right now, I was just like, well, this will be fun. But, but um, yeah, so they have the block of that. They also take over other locations within a couple block radius and have like different events at different places. They have this cool thing called Night Games, which unfortunately I couldn't go to because I'm here recording this. Which, uh, it's, like, all these crazy interactive, like, things involving screens. And, like, they had an LED, like, ball or something. Like, a ball with a screen on it that you, like, played a game with. And, like, all sorts of cool stuff like that. But what was interesting to us, of course, or to me, since you couldn't go, I was the only one that went, was, um, the Nintendo stuff. The eShop was there pretty in full force. I think I already said the 17 games were playable. Nintendo had the biggest booth, tent, whatever you want to call it, of anyone. They had, like, a double tent. They had literally two tents that they just, like, took a wall out in the middle of. Yeah, so it was, it was noticeably big. Like, PlayStation had a pretty big one, but this one was noticeably bigger. And very nicely spaced down. They had 3DS and Wii U, and you well, just mean, said something. Well, I mean, with all the games they're displaying, I guess it sounds like they needed a lot of space. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sony had a pretty good selection, too, but I, don't, I think Nintendo might have topped them in sheer was number. Was Octodad there? Octodad was there. But I did not play it, because I was pretty much at the Nintendo booth all day. 
But so so how's it going to work is we're actually going to have a full article about IndieCade and we're going to talk about you know what the event was like in more detail and the entire lineup of games coming up on the site soon. But and pictures of course, lots of pictures. But in the meantime, I want to just highlight like a few of the games that were there, specifically four eShop games, upcoming eShop games that really were like the top of the pile, in my opinion. These are the four that I enjoyed the most, or that were the most interesting or unique in one way or another. Uh, so I guess to kick off the list is a game called Armillo, which we first talked about in January when it was announced for Wii U. It's, um... Yeah, um, I should say, I won't also say on paper, but I don't know, from watching videos, it didn't seem that great. So how was it in person? It's actually really good. Like, it's really good. I really... It's surprising. Yeah, it's like, well, the thing was... Okay, so... For those who don't know about it, it's very restrictive. Like you're just—it's um, not. That's in, well, it is and it isn't. It's very arcadey. It's very pick up and play. But the thing that's really cool about it is, so it kind of takes—you're on a globe, Mario Galaxy style, and you're like running around. The, you're a rolled up armadillo, kind of flying around the globe, or like rolling around the globe. I guess is the best way to describe it. And um, so it's kind of like you have the Mario Galaxy like physics a little. Not really, actually. You don't jump between planets much. But you have, like, the Mario Galaxy, like, you're going around the sphere. You have the... But you're controlling it as if you're controlling Sonic's dash attack at all times, kind of. It has that sort of feel to it. But in 3D, obviously. Um, and then you have, like, kind of some Marvel Madness stuff, kind of some Super Monkey Ball stuff. But the levels are very varied. Like, some of them are restrictive and you're going down a set path, and it's kind of, like, amazing. You have to pick which set path. Others, it's a little more open, and you're going from, like, area to area. And they're, like, kind of little rectangles or whatever. Some are, like, there's some stuff straight out of Mario Galaxy, like, um, the platforms that appear as you, like, you know, you go on one platform, the next platform appears, you go to that, and you have to, like, kind of meticulously make your way across a gap or whatever. So it's all that kind of crammed into one really fast, really, like, quick-moving, fun little game. And it was really, like, I really enjoyed it. I didn't really know what to think of it going into it, because, like, I originally, in January, when it was announced, I was like, oh, this seems kind of neat. And it just fell off my radar completely. But now that I've played it, I... To be honest, it's like I'm really excited for it. It's probably my most anticipated eShop game, if not, if not one, well, just like my most anticipated Wii U games. Like it's really fun. It feels it kind of captures that whole Nintendo vibe. Like, I'm gonna have to give it another look. Yeah, it's it, and not only that, but like the game looks good. Like it has um, a pretty cartoony art style, but at times, like some of the textures in the game are like super nice. Like there is one, like I guess lava rock, or not lava rock, but like some sort of asphalt concrete thing, and I was like, wow, this is really well rendered, and has really good lighting on it and everything. So, it's it's a fun little game for sure. Um, there, And not only that, but uh, they might be adding multiplayer as well. There, this was The backstory game, is a, it was in development for like two and a half years. It was originally, I don't know if it ever was released on it or not, but it was originally in development for Xbox. Mm-hmm. And then they're now bringing it, I think it came out on Xbox at some point, I might be wrong. But now they're bringing it to Wii U, and they're looking at how to do multiplayer. It's either going to be split screen, or one person on gamepad, one person on TV. Which actually, currently, is the only way the gamepad would be used. Uh, but the gamepad is just like the heads-up display, basically. It's like, you know, your lives and collected yeah. items and whatnot. But it is a really fun game. And it's, um... Yeah, it's it's like it's one of those things that you really have to play. Because it's just like so rapid-fire. There's even like pinball in there at times. Like, there's some parts where you're like on these like bumpers and you keep getting bumped around as you try and collect things. There's actually like... So you play through a level... I played two levels in a boss fight. And in the levels, you sometimes get teleported to like a little bonus stage, sort of. And that's where the bumpers come in. It's almost, it reminds me so much of Super Monkey Ball, where like every five or six levels you go to the bonus stage and you just collect all the bananas, but sometimes they throw in the bumpers. Like, it's kind of the same idea. So they really just took a whole bunch of different games and kind of smashed them together and created this really cool, fun little title that is Armillo. So yeah, it's definitely, definitely want to keep on your radar. It's going to be out uh, early 2014 
in Q1, so between January and March, I think is what they're aiming for. But uh, yeah, that that I think was my favorite game of Indiecade. Um, actually, yeah, I didn't see that coming. But yeah, I didn't either. I didn't either. I think part of it was because it just stood out so much compared to the rest of the games. Because there was a lot of like, well, I mean, fun wise, right? Not what? Like... No fun. Yeah, I just had a lot of fun with it. But yeah. I think also just stood out. Like I think part. I think part of the reason I enjoyed it as much as I did is because it was unique compared to what else was being sampled. Because there's a lot of RPGs, a lot of like old school. 8-bit, 16-bit, 32-bit platform, or, like, oh. side-scrolling platformers. The only other, like, 3D yeah, games... side-scrolling games. Yeah, the it's, only other... It's, it's, it's like, the, yeah, the, I think we said the first-person shooter, the new mm-hmm. first-person shooter genre. Yeah, we said that a couple episodes ago. Yeah, it's basically the indie FPS. Yeah. But, no, the, um, the only other game at the booth that was not... That was 3D, like, full 3D, was Cube, which is that puzzle platform that's kind of like Portal, but kind of different. So, I mean, Armello really stood out just because it was different. That's but then what I'm once... excited for. What? Not Cube. Said, yeah, that's one. Cube's very fun. Yeah. It didn't make my top four, but it, it's it's fun. It's very Portal-like. Like, literally, you have one shoulder button pushes the blocks in, one pulls the blocks out. It's very yeah, similar to and, one and portal. And it's all, like, yeah. it looks like test chamber. Everything is white and sterile. Yeah, looking. it's very portal but it's pretty fun. And I think your enemy is a sphere, so. Yeah. But the, not the sphere that Armillo. Judging by the trailer, on. where the guys look scared. Like, <laughs> but oh, not, but it's not the sphere that Armillo travels on. But um, but no, the th- what I was gonna say about Armillo is, yeah, I mean, it stood out in one regard, but also I think that, so that caught my eye, and then when I played it, I was like, oh wow, that's actually really, really fun. It really, I think I said this, but it really does kind of capture that Nintendo vibe pretty well. Yeah. Um, another game that actually captures a vibe, but not, and this is probably number two on my list, is uh, Shovel Knight, and it um, it really feels like. A classic old school like action platformer from like the NES era that somehow was in a time capsule until now and got released. Like it's a really good like tribute to that era. And I know I just finished saying, oh, there are so many side scrollers and so many like you know eight bit, thirty two bit games, but this was the cream of the crop. Like if you had to pick one at the booth, this was probably the one. And it was just uh, I don't know, it's just like the attention to detail. They have little things like. Um, the, you know, the HUD at the top of the screen in NES games, like in Mario or DuckTales, you could, like, walk in front of it. Like, oh. you know, when you do, like, in Mario, in level, like, in the underground where you go up on the oh, yeah, yeah, block yeah. and you're walking in front of the time and the hearts and whatnot, they have that in this. Like, when you jump, you jump up and go over it. And I was chatting with, I think, the pixel artist of the game. Yeah. And he was saying that, yeah, that was, like, something that when they first put together the Kickstarter concept video, that was one of the things, like, oh, we have to, if it's an 80s game style game, we have to put that there. So then once it was in the video, like, well, now we have to put it in the real game, and they implemented it and everything. Yeah. But, no, Shovel Knight's really fun. It's, um... That's by Yacht it's, Games, right? The, yeah, it's Yacht Club Games, yeah. They are former WayForward developers. There are actually, like, three or four of them at IndieCade, just watching people play and chatting with them and whatnot. But, um... Yeah, it's... What was I gonna say? It, it is kind of funny, though, because I kept hitting the wrong... Like, the main mechanic of the game is, obviously, you jump and whatnot, but you have a shovel... And if you can hit it, you can poke forward with it, or you can do a down jump. On, oh, like, the, where the, you, the like, spike it down. Jump. What? The pogo stick jump? Yeah, the pogo stick jump. Oh. And I don't know why, but, like, for the longest time, I kept hitting, like, it's just down B, which is the yeah. jump button, down jump. But for some reason, I kept hitting a different button, thinking, oh, well, you, like, Mario style, where it's, like, the ground pound, you know, you jump up, then you hit a different button to do the ground pound down, like, yeah. Z or whatever. So I kept doing that, and kept, like, dying as a result, and may fool myself in front of the yacht club people but but no it, it is pretty fun um i think they're aiming to have it out this and it looks really good in hd by the way it's definitely not true 8-bit which is something they made they weren't gonna do it's like uh it's 8-bit 
palette. Or no, it's 8-bit style, but the color palette is more 32-bit in terms of variety of colors. Oh. So it's like a weird in-between, but it looks really good in HD. Really, really crisp. And um, yeah, it's going to be out this winter. They're aiming for holiday, but it might slip into like January or February. And that one's also on 3DS, right? That's also on 3DS and pretty much every platform under the sun, I believe. But yeah. Nintendo and Yacht Club are showing off the Wii U version, specifically. Oh. And that's another one where like the gamepad didn't really do anything. Actually, that's a running trend. I don't think any of the... There are no games that need both screens. Of all the Wii U games, well, I mean, none of them need both screens. No, I know, but either they were mirroring each other, or they were just showing displays. Nothing was truly, like... Hmm. If that's the case, well, are they compatible with the Controller Pro? I don't know. It'd be a developer-by-developer basis. I mean, I could... I could have asked around. Because I mean, if a lot because I mean, if a lot of games like I mean, I guess if they don't really want people asking, like, oh, why don't you use the gamepad? Just have just have well, no a demo with the controller yeah. But that's pro. the thing is like no one asks. Like when I, I mean, that would make I, it a lot weirder. Like, Wait, why am I demoing with the controller pro with the gamepad? Yeah, exactly. But like, I mean, I the only time I even came up is when I was playing Armello, and I just because I was already chatting with uh, the team, I just or one of the guys on the team, I was just like, so game gamepad use is there? You know, anything planned? And that's how I found out about multiplayer. But, oh. But yeah, no, it's just like... The thing is with, with the eShop, it's... Nintendo said this before, you don't have to use every feature. So if your feature, in the case of Armillo, is just, for example, is just harnessing the HD graphics, or is the, in the case of Shovel Knight, is, you know, just like your your hook is, it's retro, then you don't necessarily need to have the gamepad. It's just an interesting observation. Uh, there were no dual-screened things in the 80s. Yeah, there was. Game & Watch. The Donkey Kong Game & Watch was the first dual-screen handheld. Yeah, but no. Who played it in the 80s? Everyone. Game & Watch is from the 80s. <laughs> Sorry to ruin your joke, but I just had to correct. Uh, another game, actually... Well, this one kind of uses the gamepad a little more interesting. It comes in number three on my list. By the way, this list is somewhat artificial. Like, Armello, I'd say, is number one, but the other three that I'm, about, that I'm discussing are kind of interchangeable. But um, So third on my list here which is now meaningless, is uh, Scram Kitty and his buddy on rails, which we talked about once before. And it's um, a top-down weird It's a top-down on-rail shooter. So you're playing it, and you can move in four directions. You go from, like, you're, like, on a track, and you can, like, jump to another track and go on that track, which is, like, another platform, and this and the next thing. It's really frantic. It's really crazy. You play it on the gamepad, and the TV is showing a, what they're calling a broadcast of what's happening on the gamepad. So the TV, like, it's showing everything, but it has a ticker along the bottom. That says, like, get all of this, do all of that. And then every so often, I guess, Scram Kitty or some cat guy pops up and says, hey, you should get these, and zooms in on where you need to go. What I didn't realize is it did that on the TV. When I first started playing, I was playing on the TV, because that's instinctively oh. what you do. And I was like, why does it keep cutting off what I'm trying to do? And then I looked down, and I noticed it was still going on there. So that's just kind of a weird Jason moment. But, no, it's um, it's really frantic. It's really fun. It's It kind of, so you're... Like I said, it's on rail, so you're doing a lot of shooting and whatnot, kind of long, you know, just moving left, right, up, down. But then it also has kind of the gravity of Mario Galaxy, so when you jump off a platform, you kind of have to, like, jump within the circle. I know, it's just a weird coincidence, but this one's 2D. Like, Armillo doesn't have a galaxy gravity stuff, just as galaxy ball planets. Yeah. This one has no ball planets, but gravity. So how it works is, like, when you jump off platform, you can get enough momentum to, like, long, you know, give yourself an extra boost to reach the other platform... Or you can do it just right so the other platform kind of pulls you in. And there's actually a little red rope line thing that kind of shows you, like, Graham Kitty's direction slightly. Just, like, it's like a little, like, bungee cord to the platform you're on just so you can see, like, you know, which way you went. So if you need to readjust. But it's all really fast. And, um, 
And, uh, sorry, I lost Just my fun? Yeah, it's really fast and pretty fun. I guess, oh, that's what I was going to say. It actually reminded me, not in gameplay whatsoever, but art style, very similar to Drill Dozer. One of my personal Game, uh, game Boy Advance favorites. Which was Game Freak's, uh, side project they did in between. No, Pokemon. I know of it. I yeah, know, it's just the, the art style it. is really similar, which, like, the first thing I thought when I played it, even though it, had, it doesn't play at all like Drill Dozer, which is a lot slower, was just, whoa, it's Drill Dozer with cats. Like, it just, it yeah. looks similar. But, um, yeah, and the puzzles, I mean, how it works, so you run and you shoot, I mean, you rail, you ride on the rail and you shoot, but there's some puzzles and stuff, like, you're doing things, like, uh, figuring out how to hit an enemy. When you shoot, you can only shoot in 45 degree angles. So, like, forward, diagonal, backward. So you have to, like, position yourself just right to, like, shoot barricades down to get keys to open doors or to get... And you can get, like, weapon upgrades to shoot certain types of enemies. Yeah. And there's different types of tracks that you have to, like, account for, for, like, ones that send you the wrong direction or ones that are, like, goopy and slow you down and this and the next thing. So it's, uh... It's definitely a kind of hectic experience, but it's, it's pretty fun. And it's, um... There's no release date for this one, but it's definitely one to keep an eye on, especially since the developer is actually a former member of Q Games who did Star Fox Command and the Pixel Junk series on PlayStation. So he has a pretty good pedigree, so keep an eye out for Yeah, Pixel Grand Junk Cave. games are pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, and it kind of has the similar vibe in terms of, like... And I enjoy Command. But yeah, it, I like Command a lot, actually. Yeah. It's not really Star Fox, but I like it. It's <laughs> like, like a soap it's, opera. Yeah, it's, it's strange. But uh, the final game... That I want to mention that I played is uh, Tengami. That game looks really nice. It's very nice in person. And it extends beyond the niceness. So the game, for those who don't know, it is rice paper themed. The game looks like rice paper come to life. Like, it looks a, like origami And it's paper. supposed to be a pop-up book, right? Yeah, it, it plays like a pop-up book. Everything you do, first of all, it's all touch. So this one's only on the gamepad. Like I said, nothing uses both screens. The TV shows exactly what's happening on gamepad, but you touch, there's no buttons. If you press a button, nothing will happen. Not even start select. Nothing happens with any buttons. Thirty pause. Uh, I'm guessing, you know, honestly, I'm guessing it's an early build, so there is no pause yet, but right now, no buttons at all do anything. But, so how it works is you do control, it is very pop-up-like, because you're, when you interact with the world, you're, like, pulling tabs on things and folding paper over to, like, open a room in a house and, or, like, make a house appear and that sort of thing. It's actually, unlike the other three games, which are really fast-paced, like, Armillo and, uh, Scram Kitty especially are fast-paced. Tengami is slow and meticulous. It's a point. It's essentially a point and click you play with your finger. Like, you don't control the character. You tap where you want yeah, to so move. It's a point and tap. It's a point and tap. So you tap where you want to move, and then that's how you interact with the environment is you tap things, you pull things, that sort of thing. And the puzzles are kind of neat. Like, there's one where, I mean, they're not difficult, but there's one where you go to a gate, it's closed, you notice there's two emblems on the gate, one's missing half of itself. It's missing half the emblem. You send your guy off screen to the right somewhere, you know, camera goes with him, you find a well, you pull a tab on the well, the water starts right, starts falling, you pull a second tab that's holding a piece of tape or something, and out falls the, the missing emblem piece. Then you rise, raise the water back up by pulling the tab again, then walk the guy back over and pop it in, and then you pull open the gate physically by oh. pulling a tab on the gate, and then the whole world folds down like towards the screen, and you're on to the next page of the book. So, I mean, obviously that's probably a very early puzzle, because it's really simple, but... It is a really enjoyable little game. It's definitely a different pace than most of the stuff on the eShop, I'd say. Yeah. So, that's another one to keep an eye on. Um, it's a game that out. I think would look really good in 3D. Yeah, that would be cool on 3DS, definitely. Because it, it has some of that depth. Like, not really... Obviously not real 3D, but you could see where the oh, layering yeah. would be. Because there's, like... 
there's literally like tiers of platforms. Like when you go up the stairs, it's set back, or, or it looks like it'd be set back. Like looking at just the character walk on the trailer does look really cool. Mm-hmm. Just everything. It's one of those like um, games that I don't know, like Little Big Planet or Puppeteer that are all like found like things that you could make yeah. at home. Like I don't know, those games are always look really good for some reason. Or Tearaway. Yeah, it's something about that aesthetic that's just really. Cool. Nintendo Land does it too to some extent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so it's just something about that, like, the, like, nuts and bolts aesthetic. Or not nuts and bolts, but, like, fabric and paper and tape and staples aesthetic. But, uh, yeah, I mean, and interestingly, one tidbit that Nintendo rep was telling me when I was chatting about the game is that in Tengami, every single piece of paper, everything that happens, every single way that every piece of paper is used in the world be it interactive to fold something or, like, the way a tree is done or something. Is it real? Can all be done in real life, yes. Uh-oh. Can all be different ways of folding things or all different ways that the paper So that means they probably tested it out somewhere at some point, so they probably tried most of these things. How amazing would it be if it, if it was, like, somehow digitally scanned stop motion or something? Like, it's not, but that'd be super cool. Yeah, that'd be cool if they actually have, like, a model of every single level out yeah. just because that's how they designed it. That would be like super cool. If it was not folding right, oh, back to the drawing board. But yeah, even things like how I was saying, like, you could raise and lower the water by pulling the tab, and that, like, opens another part of the paper that lets the water in. Apparently, if you were to build something like that with the paper, it would work the same way, because everything works, according to the guy. So, mm-hmm. so that's another one to keep an eye on. Now, there's one final game I want to mention from NDK that I didn't get to play, but I watched other people play, and it's incredibly entertaining. And that's To watch? To watch. And it's been out for a while. It's Spin the Bottle of Bumpy's Party, which actually was nominated for one of the awards at NDK. It's in the running to be, like, the best of shows. So really? It, yeah. It's a crazy little game. Like it's, I almost bought it once. Just you should. To, it's nuts. Just to make you guys play it? No, I will uh, play it, and we'll talk about it on the show, and we'll share our embarrassing stories. everyone was too hesitant, including you. Well, here's the thing. Then. No, after I've watched it, like, I would never play it in public. Like, there are people playing, doing the most ridiculous things in public, but I would play it, like, with friends, sure. It's like, uh... Well, and now there's a better reason to do it, because there's DLC, which is actually what they're showing off. Free? At Indiecade. Yeah, it's going to be a free six-mini-game expansion. All the mini-games involve the camera. And i got to see some of these. So, first... First, Bumpy's Party as a whole, here's how it works. We spin the bottle, uh, each player picks a character, they spin a bottle, and then they're paired up to do various things. And when they're paired up, it's things like, uh, each of you hold the remote together, like one hand on top of the other, and then spin in a circle as fast as you can while singing Happy Birthday. That's one of them. Another one was, stand back to back, you're you're pumping a uh, a mining cart up and down, like the Mario Party minigames. So you have to, like, synchronize your pumping with what's, on, with what's on the gamepad screen and what you're telling each other to do. So you just look ridiculous because there's one person up, one person down, and you keep going back and forth. Those are the tame ones. No, I saw someone that was just, like, the Wii Party minigame where you have to hide the Wii modes while the other two people are outside. There's that one, too, yeah. You have to, like, play hide-and-seek with them, pretty much. But the crazier ones are, like... I mean, the spinning one's pretty crazy because you need a ton of room to do that. Like, there was, like, a huge... They had to clear people out of the way to do it. But the, the crazy one was Squeeze the Orange. <laughs> Where one person has to hit B on the Wii remote with their nose, and the other person has to hit A on the Wii remote with their nose, and all that's between their mouth, their faces is the Wii remote, and they have to press it for as long as they can. There's a timer, and whoever doesn't, you know, whoever lets go first Lose. loses. Or let me let me rephrase: there doesn't seem to be losing. Whoever holds it longer wins. Like nothing happens if you lose, from what I can tell. So those are some of the crazy games. And, like, it was drawing a crowd. Like, it was really entertaining to watch because people are, like, freaking out that they had to do things like this. They're like, oh. what is this? But they were having fun with it. So the new DLC they're adding was also there. And that's all camera-based. So there's one called, um, what was it? Something like Don't, or Put on a Hat, I think. Yeah, Put on a Hat. And it was, uh, you hold up the gamepad to someone else. 
and it's telling you, like, move the gamepad to the left, and the person has to run to the left, or move it to the right, and the person has to run to the right, and then they have to line up with a little hat that's, like, augmented reality inserted on the gamepad. So, okay. like, you're telling people go up, go down, and you're moving the gamepad, trying to match them, oh, and then the hat right. just is placed on their head or not placed on their head, and then when you're done with the minigame, as is the case with all the new camera ones, there's a gallery of the best and worst. So you could see all the ridiculous poses you had to get into to get that hat. Because you're going really fast. It's like, oh, you need to go left and get down on the ground. It's really low on the screen. It's like, or let me point this down. It's just like, but if you're, I mean, but it's a front-facing camera, so that means you're pointing the gamepad at them and you're looking at what? Oh, wait, no, sorry. You're No, it's not front-face. Is it? Yeah. No, you, yeah, you point the... Yeah, I got it backwards when I described it. The person who's trying to put the hat on is instructing the gamepad person how to stand. I said that backwards. Because the gamepad guy doesn't know where the hat is, so the guy is either on the ground trying to move into frame, or he's telling the gamepad guy, I need you to raise it, I need you to lower it, I need you to move left, and try matching the directions. I say it backwards. Huh, it's having a hard time visualizing it. Here, it's like, Just cause there's no... I'm holding a gamepad in front of you, your gamepad's facing you, right? Okay. There's a hat somewhere on the screen, right? Yeah, well, I'll be, I'll be able to see it. Right? You'll be able to see it. You need to either line up your image in that frame by moving your body around while I hold the gamepad in front of you, uh-huh. or you need to coordinate with me and say, okay, the hat's kind of up oh, high, I, I need I, you to raise the gamepad above me, oh, yeah, 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 stuff you. like I that. You, I said it backwards initially, and then it got confusing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, makes sense now. But yeah, so it's just like, you know, so that's that's where they're like, run to the left, run to the right, because it's like the hat's over there, and you have to like spin the gamepad to like recenter it and yeah. whatnot. So that was insanity as well but some of the other ones i didn't get to see that supposedly in the dlc include one called don't laugh where essentially you try and make someone laugh and you have the camera facing them and then it captures just random intervals and then it'll show pictures of either them laughing or them not or them holding it back and looking goofy and there's another one called um act like an animal which as it implies you act like an animal it's basically charades you see on the gamepad what you act like and then so they're all crazy. It's all ridiculous. But it was really entertaining to watch. Like, the only reason I'm mentioning it is, one, the DLC's kind of neat. Camera use. You don't see much of that on the gamepad. And two, I mean, we haven't really seen any AR on the gamepad yet. Nope. There hasn't been really any augmented reality. And two, um, it's just wacky. Bonkers. It's just, yeah, it, and it's just cool. Like, in a really wacky way. So, that pretty much sums up, like, my quick relatively quick not that quick actually summary of indicate um like i said there's gonna be a lot more coverage to come on the site we have a big article that's gonna have photos it's gonna have impressions of all the games it's gonna have um thoughts on the event and nintendo's you know putting its indie foot forward and whatnot so stay tuned to nintendo.com for that it'll be coming up in this coming week this episode's going live on september on uh, october 6th so it should be up no later than next weekend which is like the 12th or 13th. It'll probably be up sometime in the week. We'll obviously tweet it, so follow us around Nintendo if you don't currently. And yeah, stay tuned for that. I'm actually really excited to write the article. It's like, it's a really cool experience in Decade. And if, for anyone that lives in LA or is in the area when it happens next year in early October, definitely check it out. It's cool. So with that, uh, I guess we'll jump from indie to the polar opposite and talk about the biggest of the big games, which is Nintendo's own first party lineup uh, from Nintendo Direct. You can't get any bigger than Mario. You really can't. We're going from... Like, the itty-bitty, like, tiniest games to Mario. So, um, as we've mentioned, Nintendo did have an Nintendo Direct. This one focused on previously confirmed holiday titles as well as a few, one surprise for 2014. Um, you know, it was games like Mario 3D World, A Link Between Worlds, Zelda. So I guess we'll start with Mario 3D World, which is what they kicked off with. And, um, I don't know 
what happened at EAD Tokyo, developers of Mario 3D World, I guess they've just been very di diligently, quietly working on the game. But it looks really, really, really good now. Like, we played it at the Best Buy experience, the Nintendo experience at Best Buy during E3. We played it at Comic Con. We both, correct me if I'm wrong, we both were like, oh yeah, it looks cool, but you know, it's Mario, whatever. But now it looks like really cool, at least to me. Yeah, the, the trailer made it look a lot more fun. I don't know. It looks very, it looks like if Mario 3D Land and Galaxy, and Mario Galaxy had like some weird hybrid love child thing. I don't know. This is it. At times, I thought like um, the characters looked like little figurines. They were just like running around. Yeah, the and the rendering. Yeah, and then the lighting effects are much better. Like when we played it, the lighting was like it was like rim lighting, so the characters had like a glow around them all. So, like like you could see like light seeping like over Mario's hat and that sort of thing. But that's about it. But they've kind of expanded the dynamic lighting to everything, and like everything has like really nice lighting now and really good textures now, and it just looks really gorgeous. Um, it does. But of course, that's they didn't just show a trailer. They also talked. Well. Actually, one other thing I should mention about the trailer before we get to that is, did you see that level? You must have seen the level with the, like, crazy shadow work they had yeah. going. That was cool. It's a nice... Spin. It seems like every game now requires a silhouette level or two, but they did a really cool thing where, like, yeah, well, I mean, the silhouettes are projected in the level. They're shadows, and, like, at parts you'll be in the shadow, but then you'll come out of the shadow and interact in the real world and see what's making the shadow, which is neat. Yeah. It's kind of like a com combination of a typical silhouette level and a normal yeah, I mean, level. It's nice, because, I mean, everything... Like you said, like they are silhouettes everywhere else, but this time they're shadows. Yeah, so it's just a little different. And and then Bowser now has a Cadillac, a purple Cadillac. I wonder if it's Wario's. I wonder if Wario's going to be in the game. In the yeah. trailer, he has Wario's car, basically. They're just all spiked up. Yeah. Kind of surprising. I mean, Bowser's going after treasure now, and he has the purple car. Well, he's not exactly going after treasure. Um, I mean, he sort of is, but Nintendo of Europe leaked the story on their website. And what's actually happening is Mario and company are going to a place called the uh, Sprixie Kingdom. That's his name. Right. And the princess of the Sprixie Kingdom, appropriately called the Sprixie Princess, she's that fairy thing in the beginning of the trailer, she gets kidnapped by Bowser. I'm guessing he's holding a ransom for treasure? Because that would combine what we know from Nintendo Sounds America. Sounds like something which... Wario would do. Yeah, but... Why isn't Wario the I don't, villain? I, I, don't, I mean, it's Wario's car. It's like they literally just forgot to put Wario I mean... there. <laughs> More reason why, like, Bowser didn't kidnap Peach. I mean, yeah. this... Wario yeah, I, it's nice that they're finally changing up the plot a little, like... I mean, they have to, because Peach is playable, but it's, you know, it's a whole new kingdom. But, which yeah. is always nice. But yeah, it, it is strange that, like... Could have given Bowser a little break. But, yeah, they could have done a new enemy. Yeah, but, I mean... Oh, well. But then again, well, then Bowser has an awesome car now, so it's a, that's, it's a fair trail. But one thing that, um... That goes so slow. I, I saw the... Oh, the video of the level, yeah. yeah. the video of the boss fight. Wow, that, that, that boss that's fight the first so fight. Easy. That's the first fight, though. I know, like, but it's still, harder. like... Well, I don't know. I, I, I was like, like, really? But, I mean, it just seemed too easy. I'm I, sure there's a twist at some point. They but, but I mean, most Mario... They show what they want to show at this stage. I mean, most Mario bosses are, though. Like, the almost all the boom-booms are, like, the ones they showed in that game, too. Like, yeah. most of them, you can, like, hit them, and then, like, just, like, stay right above their head... Until they like, mm -hmm. regenerate or whatever, but yeah, but uh, there is actually, regardless of Boom Boom being back, and being invisible, and being yeah, he has a slightly new perk or a slightly new talent. But uh, there's also new power ups that are revealed um, in the direct. This was like the crux of what well, a lot of hats. Well, not well, the coin Mario's box. a man of many hats. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he uh, he has a lot. Well, he has a couple new abilities. Uh, Satori Wada, Nintendo's gold president, who hosted the direct. Specifically confirmed the new double cherry, which turns any player, your, any character you're playing as into two of them. And you can double it multiple times. You give two, four, six, eight. And then when you add four players, 
and start doubling those. You could have like a ton of characters running around the screen. And it gets super Mario crazy. Mario 128. Yeah, exactly. There it is. Mario 128 lives on. But um, it's interesting because it explains the box art which leaked about a week ago where there's like two sets of Mario, uh, two sets of every character on the box. And it's like, what? No, oh, I, I don't know. I never questioned that. I just assumed like, oh, oh like, like everyone questioned it. It's like, oh, okay, these are the Marios and the regular costumes. They're jumping in front of the title. Okay, that's just that. And then the bottom, okay, I guess they also want but to show them like, in yeah. the costume. But it's just like weird. But now it makes, it was weird at the time, but now it makes perfect oh. sense. But uh, the interesting I thing. I guess people but, have closure now. Yeah, I have closure now. I can sleep easy now. But the, the thing that's interesting to me about Double Cherry is all the characters are moved with the same movement, obviously. So it's like, if you have one Luigi on one part of the stage and another Luigi a little higher up on a different platform, they're both moving left, right, up, jumping and whatnot Basically, together. It, they're, tie, they're, te- they're one person. With yeah, so, so I guess like the puzzle would be like you have to find ways to separate them. And like, yeah, well, there was, a, there was a video that Nintendo put out, the Nintendo Minute they mm-hmm. do with uh, two of their PR people, Kit and Krista, I believe are their names. And in the video, they were saying that you often have to regroup them. Like they're like, "Oh, this ramp's a perfect place to regroup them, so it's easier to trans- to move them." It's mm-hmm. like, so it's hard to move them otherwise. That seems well like because a- I mean, if they're too far apart, and you're gonna try to go oh, through yeah. a narrow hallway. One yeah. of them is gonna be left behind. Oh yeah, yeah, I know that, but it's just kind of like, I just wonder how it's gonna actually play out. Like it sounds really fun, but at the same time, it's kind of like I don't want to have to start micromanaging my eight Luigi's or whatever. Oh man, I bet they're gonna have like. Then we're getting... a, level, a level where you have to like separate them just enough to go on two separate platforms and you have to be double yep. platforming. Yeah, probably. But I mean, I guess you still have to only focus on one. Well, the thing is, yeah, anything you do with one, it'll do with the other. Yeah. So, so it can't be, be that complicated. Or, or it might be one of those things where you're going to be on two like two trails and then one of them is going to have like a gap so you have to like make sure you jump but the other one isn't. So you just have to watch both at once. Yeah, so yeah. it's kind of like, you know... I can see that, yeah. Another power... We've already had a minigame kind of like that. Except... Yeah. It was two people controlling it. I feel like Nintendo really likes duplicate things now. I mean, Mario and Luigi Dream Team has, a, has many Luigis. Um, really there's did. another one I'm blanking out on. Nintendo's having a, has a habit of doing these like multiple characters. Kirby? Kirby Mass, Mass Attack. Attack. There we go. Yeah. Like, I don't know what is Nintendo like. Let's, people want new characters. Why don't we just give them more of the same, literally? <laughs> I heard you like Mario. I heard you like Mario, so I put some Mario in your Mario. Yeah. But uh, another power-up they revealed, not in the Nintendo Direct, but once again from that Nintendo of Europe site, is, uh, I, it was in the trailer, though, they just didn't name it, the cannon box. So you put this block on your head, kind of like the propeller one in the other Mario games, yeah. and out-shoot cannonballs, which you can use as, like, low-down enemies. And it has a cool little, like, visual flair to it, like a little spark, which was in the trailer. So, so yeah, those are two new power-ups. Uh, also, Nintendo of Europe revealed i like how Nintendo of europe just it's like eh, who cares what the rest of the company wants to do let's just tell them everything there's gonna be achievement stamps much like it in how i think Wii sports resort was the first to include it yeah. and these achievement stamps they collect like, the land exactly yeah. yeah oh yeah nintendo that's a good example actually but um as you unlock them instead of just being things you have you can then decorate your me verse postings with them in some way supposedly. oh that's right someone revealed um like, the picture was, like, all the silhouettes of all the stickers that you could get in the game. Of, and of yeah, world? Of 3D world? Yeah, of 3D world. Because every time you get a sticker, um, it fills in the silhouette. Like, you could already see what all the possible stickers you can get. Oh, interesting. But they're like, oh, that one's clearly Bowser, that one's clearly Mario, but you yeah. won't actually know how he looks until you get it. Right, right. And I guess this, uh, somewhere, I guess they said that um, you get one, you could get one per world, or one per level. Mm-hmm. And I guess they counted all the levels all the stamps and so there's like around 90 levels or something that's like about that. right for Mario game actually yeah. for Mar- Mario World the original Super Mario World had 90 so it's fitting that Mario 3D World has 90 another thing actually is there's a world map again but it's freeform 
So yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah, it's Different. like you run on this giant flat map, and there's like little nooks and crevices and whatnot, nooks and crannies and whatnot that you can go find secret items in, and it's cool. It's a nice little mix-up. But uh, so yeah, I mean, we play. You and me played uh, Mario 3D World at Comic Con and at the Best Buy experiences over the summer. And I mean, I think we both were like, "Oh, this will be fun, right?" Yeah. But now it's like a whole nother level. I know. So, I don't know. The, I, the hype is creeping back in. Yeah, it also helps all these hands-on impressions coming out from the press that are like, oh, it's so creative and so unique, and this is the Mario game you should be excited for, and this is like the best thing since Galaxy, and it's like, all right, The well, Mario game no one asked for, but the Mario game everyone needs. It's the Mario game we deserve. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it uh, it basically, it's Galaxy 3. It's as close to Mario game. It's multiplayer Galaxy 3 is what it's starting to sound like, without the uh, physics, without all the physics at play. So, um, yeah, that's coming out October 22nd, or, sorry, November 22nd, if only it was October 22nd. November 22nd, and I'm super excited. But leading up to that, uh, before World actually gets released, Nintendo is putting out some other Mario-related things. Specifically, very colorful Wii remotes based on Mario and Luigi, where, uh, the Mario one's like his overalls and the red shirt. Like, the back is blue, like his overalls, front's red, like his shirt. Starting, uh, plus and minus are little... Like, overall the buttons yellow in yellow, and then it's Big M, and Luigi's green. They look okay. I mean, it, I can see why people would like them. For me, they're too, like, in your face, I feel oh. like. It's just, like, I don't want to feel like I'm fondling Mario every time I pick up a Wii remote. <laughs> like, it's just weird. But, I don't know. Were, were you thinking of buying one of them? You have, like, a ton of Wii remotes. I feel like you collect I, them perfectly. I, I just finished getting all four Wii Motion Plus controllers, and I would want to get them. But then I have to replace two, and I just bought right. Yeah, that makes sense. But I mean, they are. I mean, good. I mean, we also have the Skyward Sword one, but that one's just in the box. Like, yeah, and the thing about years. that, the thing about that is, it's less like it's all like gold. It's not like five different colors. I don't know. I'm picky about like I don't like my electronics being rainbows. Yeah, and I don't think I don't want to replace any of the we must have now. They all look nice next to each other. It's like they look like ice cream. Yeah, you have all the co- you have blue, black, pink, white. You have all four. Yeah. But uh, I will say though, th- these controllers are probably gonna sell gangbusters over the holidays. Oh yeah. Like imagine how many people are gonna like buy a Wii U, buy Mario 3D World, and be like, "Oh, I need to get extra controllers." And there's the Mario and Luigi controller, conveniently sitting right next to the game on the shelf. Smart of Nintendo. Really so easy. So many way games to coming with controllers now. Yeah, that's actually an interesting point because they're um, making it so easy to get Wii Well, it's, part of the reason is because it's bundle, good. It's because they don't bundle one with the well, system, yeah. so they no, have it to. Make, it makes sense, and it's good. Yeah. For multiplayer, they have to put it in people's hands one way or another, so it is good. But yeah. then there's that game that you can like, oh, I want to get that game. I think it was maybe Wii Party. Wii Party U comes with a Wii remote. Yeah, but I might just get that one digitally. It makes more sense. But then you don't get the horizontal stand that comes bundled in, which is handy. You don't need it, but when you put a gamepad down on a table, because oh, that's right, at an angle, yeah. Right, because Wii Party U uses a lot of that. It's at an angle, like you said, but with the stand, it straightens out. <sighs> I don't want another Wii I, remote. Yeah, donate it to someone. <laughs> Give it to give it to a person in need of a Wii remote. They're like fifty bucks, though. So. I know, but well, no. If you get Wii Party U, it's like free. Well, because yeah. the game's fifty bucks regardless. Well, that means the game is free. Or <laughs> you're getting the digital copy physically with a Wii remote. Well, there you go. It makes me not same fifty dollars. It still makes me same not want to buy it. Same fifty dollars. Same fifty dollars. The inclusion of the Wii remote is deterring me from it. But I need. But that doesn't make sense because you're willing to pay digital the same price. I don't know. I just don't want. To have I think to it's the same. Price. I, I don't want to have to deal with the Wii remote. It's stupid, but... Yeah, that's, that's... If that's your biggest problem in life, you're going to have a very good life. Yeah. <laughs> Too many remotes. I don't know what to do. But no, before we get to... Um, actually, no. You know what? Now's a good time. We might as well talk about We Party You. Like, why not? So, uh, We Party You is actually... It's coming out before Mario 3D World. It does come with that horizontal stand, which makes it a whole lot easier to play two types of games. 
One is the ones we already know about, which are the gamepad-only games. These include foosball and um, table baseball and that sort of stuff. And it can be two players. It's kind of like Disco on Game yeah. Wario, where you have one person on each side. Or it could be single player, and you just play them. Then the other type of game that they now revealed uh, in the new Nintendo Direct is called House Party. Or the mode is called House Party. And there are eight mini-games that use a combo of Wii Remotes, Gamepad, and TV. So you know, the gamepad's one screen, the TV's a second screen, the Wii remotes are how you interact between the two. So uh, Iwata gave a couple examples during the presentation. Uh, the big one that he really focused on is uh, it's called Water Runners, and basically you're sh- you're like uh, ladling out water from a stream on the on the gamepad using a Wii remote doing kind of a scooping motion, then like very gingerly carrying it to the TV and dumping it into a bottle on the TV. So it's a lot of like back and forth. Although you could just put the we the gamepad right under TV and just flick probably, but How would it, oh, it doesn't it doesn't well, detect the distance. It just probably detects um, one motion followed by a second motion. So you're just doing the scoop and then you're doing a pour. So there's not really a moving back. Unless and forth. you have to point it at the sensor board and it knows how far away it is. No, I can't. It can't accurately hmm. detect that. I don't think. Hmm. That's like connect level stuff more. Yeah. But um, but yeah, so that's the main one, and that's not, that actually sounds kind of fun. Like having to like because it really it's it's. It's like combining a couple of different things that the Wiimote can do, and it's having you do a few different actions and really being careful with your balance and whatnot. So it could be kind of cool. They also showed uh, a Dance With Me minigame, which looks absolutely dumb. I'm sorry. <laughs> but So you stand in a circle around the gamepad, and you and you and instead of holding hands with the people that you're standing with, you put a Wiimote between your hands, and then you shuffle to the left, and you shuffle uh. to the right. And at sometimes one of you has to let go of the Wiimote, and at other times the other person does. And sometimes I put it by your signs, I'm going to put it in the air. And it's just like, alright guys, that that's great. See, Spin the Bottle does crazy Wiimote antics correctly. Dance With Me, I feel like, is just it's taking lame. itself too seriously. Yeah, like. yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the third one actually is a little cooler. You put out some Wiimotes, you put out a gamepad, you line them all up in like a square, so you have gamepad and then a couple Wiimotes under it, and then you play Twister with your fingers and with your friends. That one sounds cool, yeah. It tells you, like, press this button on this controller, that button on that controller, and you just have to... You're all intertwined a few minutes later. So those are three of the eight that they're going to have. But, um... Yeah, they're also, like I said, they have the, the tabletop games, and they also are putting that horizontal stand. But what I, what, I don't know if you caught this during the Direct... Iwata said the stands included, quote, for now. No. Why would they not include it at some point? I don't understand. Like, I don't understand. See, because it's I guess a stand. at some point they just... Do, do you get it? My to pun? Stop caring, I guess. My pun? But it's just like with a gamepad, it's like it's not flat. How you... I don't know. That just seems not very... Why would they drop it? It just doesn't make It's sense. not their problem for now. I guess. I mean, yeah, I... They'll worry about it in the future. I have a feeling he it is going to be permanent, and they're just saying for now if they want an out at some point. Oh. But, I mean, the game comes with a Wii Remote. To, to try to the get people to buy it, to get more people to buy it early. Cause... Exactly. And it comes with a Wii Remote already. So it's like, what's the 10 cents or 2 cents more for that little stand? But uh, there's also, of course, like in the original Wii Party, there's going to be other mini games. There's going to be a board game mode. So it's, it's a pretty full-fledged package, honestly. And, I mean, it really sounds like it's taking, like, what Game & Wario did or what Nintendo Land did and just kind of going a step further. It's like, all right, here's how you can use the TV and the gamepad in some interesting asymmetric ways together. And here's how you can use the gamepad exclusively in some interesting ways in Game & Wario. And now here's how you can use the TV and the gamepad not as one, like, split device, but as two completely separate screens that do separate things. Like, because, you know, with Nintendo Land, yeah, you had different things on different screens, but they were, like, a unified activity. What you're doing on one screen 
and what you're doing on the other screen are either identical, just different people are doing them, or one directly controls the other. But with like Wii Party, it's like you're doing stuff like one screen showing one thing, and you do one action with that screen, then you go to the other screen and do a different action entirely. So it's like kind of the next level of the asymmetric idea, I feel like. Well, so They gotta start somewhere. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's some interesting concepts, and... I mean, I don't think this game's gonna sell gangbusters, right? I've seen gangbusters a lot this episode, twice. To fair order. I guess so. It's not gonna sell, like, hotcakes. <laughs> there we go. It's not gonna sell, like, some fresh griddles right off the IHOP, whatever skillet. you make, pancake skillet. But, um, for the record, by the way, IHOP is nowhere near as good as original Pancake House. For anyone that has an original Pancake House in their area, it's better than IHOP. And if you eat IHOP instead of original Pancake House, you have brought shame to the pancake world. Anywho, um... <laughs> What was I saying? Right, so we... I don't think we probably use going to be like a big a big seller, like system seller by any means, but I could totally see people that buy a Wii U because they're playing Wii Fit U or Wii Sports Club or one of those more casual games going, oh, hey, there's a party game too? That could be cool. I'm picking it up. Or like someone that's buying Mario 3D World and they see this equally multiplayer-friendly party game right next to it, they'll pick it up. So it's kind of like a companion game more than a system seller, I feel like. Just kind of beefs up the library a bit more. Yeah. Those are my thoughts on that. But uh, one other first-party title that's coming bundled with a controller is one that has quite the mouthful of a name, and that's, here we go, Mario and Sonic at the Sochi 2014 Olympic Winter Games. Do you, realize, do you realize if we were to make that, like, if we were to, when the game comes out, if we have to were a tweet about it for the podcast and be like, hey, check out our impressions of Blah, we wouldn't have room to write a tweet. That would take up like half, like two-thirds of the tweet, I feel like. It's long. But anyway, it's going to be uh, bundled with a blue Wii Remote for $60, or you can just get the game by itself for $50. That's oh. probably how you wish they did Wii Party, huh? Where the Wii Remote's optional. Yeah. Yeah. But well, the uh, Wii Remote is worth 10 bucks. Apparently. More oh. interesting than that, though, is that Mario, this will be the first Mario and Sonic with online play. Kind of. There's going to be four different modes or sports or whatever you, activities, whatever you want to call them, that's, they're going to have online support. Um... Three are standard winter Olympic sports. You got ski cross, snowboard cross, and short track speed skating. That's a great way of saying it. Short track speed skating. Anyway, and then the fourth one, this is potentially the coolest one, is one of those dream events. Where oh, they, so like, it just combines all of them, right? Sort of. It's like it's the dream it's event. It's like All-Stars Racing transformed. Yeah, it's uh, in this one, it's, they're calling it the Winter Sports Champion Race, and it's going to be skiing, ice skating, bobsled, and snowboarding in one big race where you jump from one to the next to the next. Nintendo previously showed something like this where you actually switch controllers in between each activity. Dan mentioned that this one will do that too. But the thing about Dream Events is they're not just combining them. They're just like fantastical. Like it's like you're jumping out of a, pl- a helicopter and now you're doing something else and there's Mario stuff and there's Sonic stuff. Yeah, usually they were themed around like certain like, levels. Like I yeah. remember there was one that was themed after like... They had a Mario Galaxy one in the past. Something Highway from Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. Yep. Yeah, it's kind of like that where it's more... Or it's Galaxy almost more Mario Kart-ish. Than it is, or or Sonic Racing Transformed ish than it is like, yeah, because you do one thing, then like, you go through like a, I guess the barrier, and then like, you transform yeah. to the next. Yeah, and uh, the whole thing's like set in like Mario World, and or Mario's world and Sonic's world. So there's that, but I don't know. And the, and the kind of interesting thing about online, actually, the cool, well, I think the coolest thing about online is much like in the real Olympics, you're competing between countries. So. If you get medals, those medals count towards a tally for your country, and there's a global leaderboard based on countries. So, you know, just like with the real Olympics, there'll be medal races between, like, U.S., Russia, well, I don't know about Russia, but, you know, the major players. <laughs> in, in the real world, it's U.S., Russia, and China, 
I feel like in the modern Sonic video game world, it's gonna be like U.S., Japan, and Europe is one big blob or something. But <laughs> but no, that that actually I think is really cool. But I don't get why they only did four activities. I mean, I guess maybe they were the only ones that seemed fun enough to do online. Possibly, I mean, yeah, because some of them are only single player. That's true. But either that or possibly maybe they decide to add online late in the development process or something. But it just seems like a missed opportunity to me. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know, the, the latter might be true, because, I mean, a lot of Wii games seem to focus on playing with your people, like, right nearby. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, I guess we will add it online, just 24. Uh. Yeah, that makes sense. But, uh, yeah, the the other kind of odd thing about the, about Mario and Sonic, to me at least, is, so they show Mario 3D World first. That's what they kicked off the presentation with. Then they show Mario and Sonic, and the graphics just look so much more blah. <laughs> like, it's just like Mario 3D World looks so good that it made Mario and Sonic look so not good. Like, it just looked like an up-resed Wii game. Like, it didn't have, like, nice texture work or anything. It just was like a Wii game in HD. Uh, while, Mar- while Mario 3D World looks, I wouldn't say next-gen, like, it doesn't look like PS4 sure it or looks, Xbox I remember One, Bell just, like, looks pretty good in... Yeah, I mean, it looks Sonic. okay. It doesn't look bad, but I mean, to pair it right after... Mario 3D World, it just made it stick out to me. That's like, this is nowhere near as good looking. I mean, even like, when I was playing Mario Tennis today, they were showing, whenever you're not seeing shots of the crowd. And you mean just, Power Tennis? Yeah, Power tennis? tennis. On GameCube. Yeah, yeah on the GameCube, the game looks, still looks really good. I was yeah, surprised, the thing is, like, how good the graphics look. The interesting thing is, we've hit a threshold in these past couple generations where games don't age anymore. Like, it's not like when you go, like, N64 GameCube and you go back to N64, it's like, wow, look at how blocky this was oh, we've gotten man. to the point where I, everything I, I saw looked... Star Fox 64 today it was horrible. yeah exactly like, that's wow right but we've reached a point now with wow. GameCube onward especially because the Wii was GameCube tech rewrapped you know wrapped in a new package we've reached an age where or time where graphics like you don't have those big differences like GameCube games look just fine because they're basically non-HD Wii U games You're pretty much in some with cases a, with the lighting and stuff now instead yeah. of Upping the polygon count. I mean, you still no, are, well, they, but... No, they totally... If you look at, like, Mario 3D World or even Armillo, both of those totally up the polygon count in terms of texture work. Like, there's some... Even Wind Waker HD, when we get to that later in the episode, there's definitely... There's definite, like, upping of texture quality and resolution, which is only possible with the newer tech. But yeah, in terms of, like, just, like, like the geometry and just the art style, you can have a beautiful art style in a Wii game, and you could argue it's just as good looking as some of the more... Well, yeah, I mean, like, Less uh, adventurous, let's say, Wii U games. Yeah, like Galaxy and Metroid Prime 3. Exactly, Those yeah. Look really good. Even yeah. compared to, like, other consoles. Which I think is partly what's making me, like, go, oh, Mario Sonic looks so meh. Because it didn't look like a stunner on the Wii to begin with, but it was certainly, you know, it certainly served its purpose. It looked fine. So then they bring it to Wii U, and it's serving its purpose. It looks fine, just in HD now, so they just upped the resolution a little. But then they pair it with the gorgeous Mario 3D world, and it's just like, eh, I don't know, guys. But I'm sure no one's going to sit there side by side and go, well, this one looks prettier. I'm going with this one. But it's just an odd thing I noticed. Mm. But uh, those are like the three, those are the big um, holiday games that Nintendo talked about that are not out yet. But they did also talk about, in the direct, uh, Pikmin 3. Iwata confirmed what we've long suspected, and that is that there's DLC for Pikmin 3. So, how it's going to work is it's going to be new mission mode challenges, which I'm sure makes you very happy, Jose, because it wasn't, your, wasn't your biggest complaint that there's no not enough mission mode? Yeah, but now it makes you feel like, oh, I don't have to pay for them. I mean, I'm still going to buy them, and they're not... I mean, it makes me wonder... It's like, oh, it's like those should have been there in there from the beginning. Yeah, it makes me wonder, were they getting to the point, because Pikmin 3 was delayed for such a long time, that they were just like, just get out the door, we'll keep making missions, whatever, we'll just sell them later. 
Because Nintendo clearly is not like some companies where they put where they have the DLC planned before the game comes out. First of all, if that was the case, we wouldn't have waited three months, two months. Wait, it's only been one month since Pikmin came out, or a month and a half. Yeah. Like I feel like I feel like they probably were just like, we need to get games out. The Wii U is floundering. Like we need games now. Just pump out Pikmin three. We'll fill in the gaps later. And maybe that's why the game is so much less content than Pikmin two. Yeah. Like, I don't even know if they're trying to, like, just get more money out of us. I really think it's just we have holes in our lineup that we need to fill. They're just finishing the game as they go along. Yeah, pretty much. But with that said, I mean, the new Mission Mode stuff does sound kind of neat. No, no, Uh, no, I mean, it's cool. I mean, like, what what I got to play with my brother in Mission Mode was, like, a blast to play. It just wasn't enough for you. Yeah, because we beat it. We planned them every single mission, like, every day, like, less than three minutes each. So it went, yeah, we we blew right through it pretty fast. And we're like, oh, man, that's it. Yeah. more. Yeah. And, uh, well, now you got for uh, $2 per pack of three levels. <laughs> well, you actually no, no, get one no, it's free. seven through ten, so that's seven. That's four. Four levels, sorry. Yeah. And the, and the one free. Yeah, one. that's the thing is Pikmin 3, to go along with the DLC, to enable DLC, you have to download system, uh, software update, which, by the way, through Spot Pass on the Wii U, it does it by itself, which is super nice. You don't have to put the disc in the, in the... You know, you don't have to open the game and have it download it right in front of you. It just does it now. But, um, so you get one free mission mode level, which is a remix of the first level. That's what they're calling it, a remix. It's, and then the new mission modes that you could buy separately for two bucks, those are the collect treasure style ones. And you get four of them. And they're also remixes of the previous level. So no new environments, just new scenarios within existing environments. But it makes me wonder, the way they're wording it, it sounds like they could potentially have new environments entirely in the future. Which would be kind of nice. Well, yeah. But, uh... The other thing that the well, I mean, they didn't. I don't think there were any caves in the multiplayer. I mean, there's. I mean, there's a lot of environments that there were no co-op missions for. Like, I mean. Oh yeah, no, I know. Like, I've... like, like the battle mode. Like, I would love there to be um, a few co-op missions inside that toy-looking area yeah. or the beach-looking area. That's true. They could just like, like there's a those, bunch yeah. of places. Like, I mean, like the competitive multiplayer got a lot of stages. It's not because the competitive multiplayer, all those stages you're talking about, are just taken out of Pikmin too. Yeah, just and they look really nice in Pikmin yeah. three. Yeah, the toy one, I have, I've always been a sucker for that toy one. It's just like it doesn't make sense. Like, why are they in a toy world? But why are they in Toy Story? But it's cool. It's really cool. Uh, yeah. The other thing that the update did though, which is I don't know why they literally spent like four minutes explaining this in the Nintendo Direct. It's, it's not that big of a deal, but now you can see the absolute high score when you're looking at the scoreboard. It used to be you'd see like a chart with the range, but now you can see the absolute the the highest of the high, the top person in every single yeah. whatever and literally they spent like four minutes explaining how this works and it's just like it's not that complicated there's just one number at the top of the chart like i don't understand <laughs> but whatever please understand please understand yes uh switching over to 3ds in terms of stuff coming this year uh nintendo did reveal a very i'd argue a major change to the a link between worlds uh to the zelda formula in a link between worlds is probably the better way of saying that and that's that the structure progression is being opened up pretty significantly. Um, you may recall that Nintendo's been teasing something about items for a while now. They've been posting screenshots of this item shop that has all these different items in it. They've been saying items will be different. I even noticed when I played it at Comic-Con that um, items don't have ammo or inventory anymore. It's just a bar, like an energy bar that keeps refilling itself. So right, that's what I thought they were talking about. But it turns out they meant something much bigger and that's that you can now buy or rent any item of your choosing once you hit a certain part of the game. And then you could play the dungeons in any order you want using whatever items you want. Oh. Or whatever item you may have. Or whatever items you need. To or, yeah. 
Although they made some weird condiments sound like you might have multiple approaches to dungeons with different items. Yeah. But, yeah, so how it's going to work is you literally will just go buy an item. You can't buy it at first. You go rent an item. You go take it into the dungeon. You go through a dungeon. If you die, I believe you lose the item rental and you have to go re-rent it. And then you go back and continue where you left off. But there's also some sort of economy at play in all this. Like, uh, if you, you later can purchase an item, but if you already beat the dungeon that needs that item... Why would you? Unless there's going to be stuff maybe further in the game there'll be dungeons that combine multiple items in different Which ways. that's going to be the case. Probably. I mean, by making a system like this, that means they have to pretty much make as many items as possible useful. Yeah. Um, like, the, I'm pretty sure the last word, like, temple or whatever you have to go to is probably going to... You have to have all items bought at that point. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. which means there's going to be a lot of, like... Back and so forth. I guess, that, yeah, I feel like the, the strategy now is going to be in, like, how do I get the best price on each item? Because the pricing will fluctuate. As well, the rental fees. So it can kind of steer you in one direction or another, but you still have the choice to do it however you want. I wonder if you have limited inventory space and you can't really, like, fit all those items in there. And you have to, like, pick and choose, like, okay, I have to choose this combo of items or something, but... Yeah, I feel like like that would have to be the case. I mean, um... Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting to say at least. I mean, I'm intrigued for sure. Like, between, between that whole, like, changing how the item inventory like ammo works and now this it's you know it's good this is gonna be probably the one of the fresher zelda experiences and it's super i mean i said this in the concom impressions it plays super fast like it's really fast paced not like really i make it sound like you're like going a mile a minute but you move fast like everything's very snappy so i'm wondering how all this combined is probably gonna be quite quite an interesting experience and plus it seems to have a style lot sound that's different from all the other zeldas i don't know if you noticed in the direct but they uh they had a lot of cinematics in that footage. Oh, yeah. A lot. And it's like this in-between... It's like not realistic, but it's not cel-shaded. Like, Wind Waker is like this in-between kind of half-cartoony. Kind of reminds me of, like, Mario. Yeah, it's kind of Mario-ish. Honestly, some of... The way Link looks, unfortunately, reminds me a little of, of the CDI game, Link. Oh. Slightly. I think it's the hair wisp. But it's just like... like it. There's definitely some changes in store for Zelda, is my point. So, I mean, I, it's funny that, like, my two most anticipated games of the holidays... Mario 3D World, Zelda Link Between Worlds come out on the exact same day on November 22nd. Like, why can't oh, yeah. Nintendo do one at least a week apart from the other? Those are two really big games. Like, do you realize how hard it's going to be to theme our episode that that, that, that next episode? Well, I mean, do I we wanna... do Mario or do we do Zelda? Actually, what we do is we split them into two episodes. Well, I mean, I want to get Mario, so... Alright, we'll do Mario. Let's plan this out right now on this episode. In November, we'll have a Mario episode, and then two weeks later, we'll do the Zelda episode. There we go. Nothing said in some. Yeah. Uh, tentative. <laughs> tentative plan. But um, it's probably also worth mentioning that if you pre-order Zelda at GameStop, or A Link Between Worlds specifically, at GameStop, you can actually get a free download code from the eShop, or for the eShop, of uh, Oracle of Seasons, which is the Game Boy Color Zelda, which is really good. I have it on Game Boy Color, really fun. I'm bummed because I have it on Game Boy Color, so I'd rather have gotten Ages as an option, or let you... Or well, they like, have a deal, like, if you download one, you get another one for a little cheaper, or... Yeah, but not when they give you a download code for it. It's if you buy one, you get the other one for cheaper. Oh. And I think that deal ended, actually. Oh, yeah. That was back in May. But, um... But no, it's just, like... This is such, like, a nitpick. But I wish they'd let you choose between both. But it's still really great. For those who haven't played Oracle of Seasons, it's a really good game. And, I mean, it's free. Why wouldn't you do it, so... Yeah. And I learned my lesson the hard way about not pre-ordering from GameStop. I wanted the collector's edition of Wind Waker HD. Went to GameStop a day late, or the day the pre-orders closed. Couldn't get a pre-order. Called six GameStops when Wind Waker came out on a Friday, this past Friday. None of them had it unless I had a pre-order. 
Yeah. And I was like, really? Like, why isn't Nintendo... You'd think they'd accommodate walk-ins. They're advertising this bundle, sort of. You'd think they'd... Well, like you said, some... like, they finally have something that a lot of people want. Yeah, yeah, I said this when we were talking about yeah. it before. They have a, pro- a Wii U product that's high in demand, and they choose to not yeah. make more. Although... I kept hearing, it... like, oh, I just sold the last one, like, an yeah. hour ago. I, I kept hearing... Actually, one guy... One guy was like, I was like, oh, do you have any copies? And he's like, pre-order only, dude. I'm like, really? Like, that's how you respond? <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, thanks. He's like, yeah, and hung up. He must like, have been getting a lot of calls that day. Or something, but it's just like, pre-order only, dude. Never heard someone say that on the phone. Yeah. It's just really funny. Um, I was really lucky that I had a friend that Oh, yeah, got you lucked me. out. Yeah. yeah, you got one. And didn't you tweet that you paid less than... Oh, yeah, because since he... Like since he bought it, he had he got his, his employee discount. So I only paid fifty dollars flat. Nice. Yeah. I paid fifty one after tax and got <laughs> the standard edition at Best Buy well. and cried <laughs> myself to sleep. No, but it uh, honestly, it's like the Ganon figure looks really cool. I'm not gonna lie, but I'm not as like torn up about not having it as I expected. Uh, I like I'm kind of like whatever. Once I've seen it, I'm like, oh, well, that's cool. Out, uh, I don't know why. I, I think I I'm more happy with the fact that I have the box and the figure. Yeah, I don't. I just love how the box looks. So the much. box looks really good. It does. But uh, anyway, back to the direct. Yep, it was worth waiting two weeks of not playing this game. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like <laughs> it's been out since September 20th, and we haven't had impressions on the show because we haven't had the game because we want physical. So, so apologies for the slightly late impressions, which are still coming later in the show. Yeah, but you do when one of your favorite games. Yep. Yeah, you, you can't settle. Exactly. But we'll be talking about Wind Waker a lot more later in the show, I'd say. In the meantime... Well, actually, I wouldn't say I know, because that's what the episode theme is. In the meantime, uh, Nintendo Direct had more news, believe it or not, and that was looking ahead to 2014. Starting with the bad news and then working towards the good news, the bad news is... Sonic is playable in Brawl. That's not bad news. No, that would be the good news. And but not Brawl in the next Smash Brothers. <laughs> he is playable in Brawl. That's not even news. That's <laughs> just is. fact. Matter of fact. Yeah. But no, the, the bad news is Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze has officially been delayed until February of next year. That's good news. It's bad news. More space. Yes. I mean, there's two sides to the coin of this. It's bad news because it was a game that was supposed to be out this year and people were anticipating it and looking forward to it, and now they have to wait. But, yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah, but the other... And I mean, there's some other possibilities of why it's happening. But first, I just want to say that the reason it's delayed, according to Iwata in the Direct, was to deliver a, quote, optimum gameplay experience, which is like the vaguest thing you could say. I mean, obviously, he's not going to be like, well, this level's glitching, but it's just, like, very vague. But I think, I mean, kind of like you said, it does give a lot more space. And I think that's on purpose. Because, I mean, the next couple months, you know, between now and... The, between now and yeah, Mario and Zelda come out on the same day. Yeah, I mean, let, let's just walk through what's happened since Wonderful Wild 1 came out. Since Pikmin 3. We had Pikmin 3. Three week, two week, three weeks later, we had Wonderful Wild 1. A week later, we had Digital Wind Waker. Three week, two weeks after that, we had Physical Wind Waker. Next week, we have Pokemon X and Y. Two weeks after that, we have Wii Party U. Uh, a week after that, we have Wii Sports Club. Or two weeks after that, we have Wii Sports Club. A, two weeks after, a week after that, we have Mario and Sonic. A week after that, we have Zelda, Mario 3D World, and Mario Party Island Tour. Where's Sonic Colors? I mean, Sonic Lost World. Sonic Lost World's like the 29th. I was just doing first party. If you, oh, add, yeah. thir- if you add third party, we also have, uh, now confirmed, Deus Ex, oh, no, Human the, Revolution Director's Club. I'm not talking about exclusive. Oh, okay. I mean... But, yeah. Yeah, because then you have to bring yeah, in you, Batman and... Right, Batman's Assassin's the 25th. Creed Assassin's Creed's the 25th. And Watch, Watch Dogs. Dogs is in November. 
uh, what I was saying Duty. is Call of Duty. Uh, yeah, Call of Duty Ghost is in November. Um, Deus Ex Human Revolution Director's Cut, which finally has a re- release date now, is in Oct- is in like the twenty second of October. Like it's Not it's a lot of out. games if you think about it. It's a lot of games like a month. Period. Ninja Turtles comes out on October twenty two. On Wii U. On Wii. Yeah, no one, no one's playing that. No one's buying that. I know. <laughs> I'm just it's on the Nickelodeon show. It looks, you know, it looks good. It reminds me of... Who, who, is it Activision that's making it? I don't know. Oh. Okay. I don't know. It's on Nickelodeon. Based on the show, yeah. yeah. But anyway, point being, that's all this year. So if Donkey Kong's missing in action, like from a lineup standpoint, that makes some sense. Because if you look at 2014, we know some... Ge- oh, and then there's Refit You on December 13th. I knew I forgot one. But if you look November at... November 1st. Digital. I mean, December 13th. Yeah, December 13th physical, November 1st physical, or digital, for yeah. free. But, um, what was I going to say? Yeah, if you look at 2014, it's like the lineup's kind of bare. We know there's a lot of stuff coming, but we don't know when. Like, uh, Mario Kart 8 and Bayonetta 2 are most likely spring at the earliest. Then we have Yarn Yoshi, Fire Emblem Cross, Shin Megami Tensei, uh, X, you know, Monolith RPG. All those we haven't seen any demos of anywhere, so they're clearly Yarn not coming Yoshi. out... Yeah, they're clearly not coming out till probably second half of next year. They have Super Smash Bros., which will... Who knows when that's coming out? I mean, it could be in the spring, but realistically, it's probably a holiday title. So they have, like, a lot of stuff either immediately or pending way down the road. But there's nothing for, like, the first quarter of next year. There's nothing for January to March. Now Donkey Kong can fill that void. So I think that's the real reason it's delayed. I don't think it's... For optimizing gameplay experiences or whatever I want to say. Oh, I'm sure they'll well, add... By, by... By separating it from all these other games, they are optimizing the gameplay experience because you're not thinking about other games that you have to buy. You're not going, man, <laughs> I still have to play Mario. Exactly. True, I mean, true. like, I mean, we just got Wind Waker, but I still keep thinking, like, oh, man, I'm not going to touch it until I beat Wonderful 101 because I don't want to leave that game halfway there. Right. And then... Yeah. Unlike oh, me, man. who I'm, like, in a bunch of games and not far enough in any of them. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't mind the DK delay. I think I... It, uh, for DK fans, it's unfortunate that you have to wait longer. I mean, I, I'm excited about the game, but, you know, I can wait. I have enough to play. But it it's always lame when a company, like, processes yeah. a date and then moves it, so. Uh, but on to the good news of 2014, which you already said, one of them, is that two new characters were confirmed for Super Smash Bros. for Wii U and 3DS, one in the Direct, one outside of it. During the Direct, Iwaga confirmed the return of good old Sonic the Hedgehog, and showed off some new first new Smash Bros. footage since E3, I believe. This time accompanied by um, Sonic Heroes music instead of yep. Sonic Adventure music. Yep. Because, you know why? The gap between Sonic Adventure and Sonic Heroes is roughly the same number of years as the gap between the last Smash Bros. and this Smash Bros. Whoa, that's is that not... true? I, I just said that off the top of my head. I don't is that know. true? I'm going to assume it Melee to Brawl was, what, eight years? Seven I don't, years? Well, I don't remember And when... Adventure to Heroes was like six or seven years? They're pretty close. But, um, yeah, so Sonic's back, and they showed they showed new footage that had some of the levels that have been shown on Miiverse oh, and yeah, screenshots. Sonic, Sonic Lost World. Yeah, they showed level. a Sonic Lost World Green Hill-looking thing, and then they showed... No, it's the Windy Hill level. Oh, right, yeah, right. that's what it's called. Yeah, and then they also, but more interestingly, in my opinion at least, they also showed uh, Other M's Pyrosphere for the first time in motion. They showed Woohoo Island, where you're riding the airplanes, in motion for the first time. That's the first we've seen of those outside of individuals. Oh, yeah, and Very carefully showed, um... framed screenshots. They also showed, uh, I guess, like, I guess the Pikmin 3 level. I mean, the... Yeah, well, that, I think we knew about that one, though. Or no, we didn't. No, we, we saw didn't. screen... It was in screenshots, but it wasn't in video, right? Yeah, like, they showed the... It was from the Olimar unveiling, yeah. What was the name of the spaceship? The Dolphin? No, no, the, the one that you always take the fruit to. Oh, I don't remember. Uh, in the new... In 3? Yeah. 
I do not remember. It had a name, like a person. Well, anyway, it's in it. The Julius? Julius? Like no. Orange Julius? That, 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 Just because right. you're taking fruit to a Julius. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it only works if it's Orange Julius. Oh, it's bothering me now. Just look it up. Um, I'll, I'll mention the other character while you look it up. And that is... Well, actually, first, let's touch on Sonic for a minute. You... He looks exactly the same. Yeah, he, his moveset looks well, the same. Well, almost every character revealed looks exactly the same. The only... No, but his, his moveset looks the same. But you, you made an interesting point on Twitter about his moves. Oh, well... I don't know, I kind of hope they vary him out a little. Because he has two... I mean, two well, I, mean, well, I, mean, I mean, it's Sonic. I mean, what more can you really do with him besides him having, like, going to his spin, spin dash? I mean, yeah. his tackle is a spin dash. He has his new... His down B is a revving up spin dash. His forward B is also a revving up spin right. dash. But one of them jumps in the beginning and the other one doesn't. Yeah. And so you're just hoping they do yeah. something with a little more variety? Yeah. I mean, Maybe he'll parkour his way through I mean, I don't know what else they could do. But, I mean, I don't know. Parkour. Maybe. I mean, that's a big part of Lost World. He has a Lost World level. He can parkour over people. I mean, I'm not serious. I mean, maybe he can use his light dash or maybe give him a bounce. Because, I mean, he had all those things. Maybe maybe he'll have some goofy new move in that new Sonic TV show they're making. Sonic Boom. Uh, and he'll do it in the game. Something I did um, learn recently was that at first um, when he came out in Brawl, I thought, where is he getting all these moves from? Like, why does he have a punch or like, yeah. those weird kicks? Sonic the Fighters. Yeah, that's like... like yeah. Which, by the way, I dominated you at when we played Sonic the Fighters. I learned how to play. I learned how to play now. Well, it doesn't matter. When you didn't know how to play and I didn't know how to play, I was better at not knowing how to play but still winning. That's like you're better at not knowing how to play. Because I never play my games. Yeah. No, but <laughs> that's, to be honest, we should probably clear that up. I do play my games, just not as much as I would like. Like, it's not like I don't ever play games. No. Anyway, back to the other bit of Smash Bros. news. That is the return of one I'm personally excited about because... I play the game as this character because I do play my games. And that is Toon Link is back. Series head Masahiro Sakurai uh, confirmed it on Miiverse with some photos. And he is... Looks kind of the same, just in HD. Like, he looks like the Brawl... He looks like the Brawl Toon Link, not the Wind Waker HD Toon Link. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like, if you look at Brawl's Toon well, Link, he, he's he more looks, detailed. He looks, he's like less he looks like Wind Waker HD Toon Link when Toon Link goes near fire. Or, and you start seeing more detail, yeah. And he looks like a clay... Yeah, model. but he looks really good in bra- in uh, the new Smash Bros. But, yeah, when I saw it, I was like, he looks almost nothing like Wind Waker HD's Toon Link. Like, kind of glad he's in there. Cause they're it, similar, but they're different. He's always, I don't know, he was always more fun to play as a regular Link. I never really enjoyed playing as a regular Link. Uh, Toon, Link's, what, Toon Link and Marth are my go-tos in Smash Bros. So, hmm. now we just need Marth. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm very happy that Toon Link's back. Be- I wasn't surprised, I knew he'd be back. It's just a matter of waiting for the confirmation, so... He's really hoping that Ganon turns into Toon Ganon, so we could have Toon him with... Ganon. So he could use his two swords and actually be, like, a separate character. I mean, there's no dual swording... Dual, dual wielding? Yeah. Dual wielding. Dual wielding character in the game. And it'll make him a not slower Captain Falcon. That's true. Anything to differentiate him from being a clone would be good. Yeah, I don't know. Beyond I, the minor tweaks he I'm, has ho- right I'm now. hoping he does come out. I, I feel like there's a good chance, because... He, they always seem to update Ganondorf based on the current game. You know, Twilight Princess, and then it was Queen of Time Ganon. Yeah. And now, I mean, Wind Waker HD is relevant. <laughs> yeah, but they might jump ahead and do the next Zelda. If he even is the villain there. Yeah, who knows. But, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. It is interesting how Smash Bros. now has to keep up with the times. Like, yeah. the Sonic level is Lost Worlds, and Animal Crossing is oddly City Folk. City folk. <laughs> even though it was City Folk also on the... I wouldn't be surprised if that changes between now and it then. Should, I think it, I think that city. It, folk... it, it's not like they didn't acknowledge that um, 
New Leaf came out. I mean, they had um. They have Isabel. Yeah, they had Isabel and that trailer. I think. I think the city folk background is supposed to be main, like the main street in in uh, New Leaf. They just haven't updated the look of it. Like, cause it, it new Main Street, you know, the main shopping street in New Leaf is city folk without the fountain. Without the yeah, without the fountain and without having like the concrete as floor. much. Well, I was saying more broadly, without having the like, look, guys, you're going to the city now. It's just another part of your village. It's yeah. just like, oh, you cross the tracks and there you are at your downtown. Like, it makes it's not a gameplay hook. It's just what it is. Yeah. So I think they just have to update the look to match that for Smash Bros. But who knows when Smash Bros. is coming out? One game that might be coming out a little sooner, possibly, hopefully, is Bravely Default, which is Square Enix's. It's Final Fantasy, but we're not calling it Final Fantasy, but it really is just Final Fantasy game. It's like old school Final Fantasy, but it's separate. So, uh, Nintendo's publishing it in the States, as we already knew. And they showed up a new trailer uh, that really shows how, at least in my opinion, it's Final Fantasy. It looks like Final Fantasy 4, basically. Like the DS remake, just nice. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say the graphics remind me of like yeah. that same chibi. It's totally art style. It's like Square Enix is like, oh, we can only say Final Fantasy for our crazy next gen concepts, like Final Fantasy Twenty Seven or whatever they're working on now. And then I'm sorry, RPG fans, I probably just annoyed a ton of like diehard like Square Final Enix Fantasy. people. But um, but then like, well, we'll just call it something else then. How about we make an Englishy title like Bravely Default? I don't know how to feel about the title. Style. I don't know what that means. Like, are you being brave about being normal? normal? I don't, I don't get it. Are you bravely default? standard? Bravely, <laughs> bravely mediocre. <laughs> you have courage in your mediocrity. <laughs> That's basically what they're saying. But the game, from what I've heard from like impressions from Japan, the game is not mediocre in any way. It's actually really good for what it is. But and the thing that Nintendo confirmed in the new direct, along with the trailer, is they're actually enhancing it for here in the states. It's got some UI updates. Got some exclusive content. So even is though there we had a sequel to wait, already in the works? Yeah, called the sequel. It's called like, oh, what is it? It's like Bravely Default of the Sequel or some like equally Englishy subtitle. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're you're completely mediocre for a second time. It's another <laughs> name for it. But um, but yeah, it's. I mean, I don't know if I'm gonna get, it, but I think Nintendo could have a good amount of success with Bravely Default. They mimic how they did Fire Emblem. Fire Emblem came out in like a dead period of February. Yeah. If they just put Bravely Default in the same like slot and market it in the same way, and if it's as good in terms of quality, which from Japan it sounds like it is, they yeah. could have an equally big hit on their hand. Yeah. Let's just hope they learn. Not... Sure, satisfy a, a yeah. good niche group. Yeah, the the RPG enthusiasts. Let's just hope that they don't hit the same store uh, shortage issues as this Fire Emblem, because oh. that is nuts. But uh, one other game from the direct coming in 2014. This is the last thing the direct covered, and that is the return of Kirby, Kirby, Kirby. Not the not the TV show, the Kirby, the, and not the, the uh, and unfortunately not like the interesting Kirby. Yeah, no, not it's the just, experimental Kirby. Yeah, it's just regular Kirby. Yeah, so he's gonna be on 3DS. It's an untitled project, uh, and it's going to be a platformer, like you said. So I think they're really like trying really hard to make it like as 3D fighter. Yeah, possible. well, that's like there's two main hooks in this one, from what I could tell. One is, sorry, I just dropped something. One is the 3D effect. Which is, like, you go into the... 
I just dropped it again. You go into the foreground, go into the background, it pre-designated spots. It's like Mutant Mud. It's like Paper Mario. It's, it's like, We've seen it before. It's like Wario Land. For it's Wario Land. We've seen, yeah, that, that's one everyone can relate to. But <laughs> we've seen it before, is my point. The set, and also, the 3D effect plays into stuff like enemies and obstacles swing towards the screen or come towards the screen. Like they had a train or something that like barreled towards yeah, the, the screen. Yeah, that's not like a fist like pushing Kirby and he crashed yeah, on the screen. which is totally right out of Mighty Switch Force. The crashing oh, the yeah, screen yeah. thing. So that... Uh, that's one hook. Hook number two is that... Unless free... you have a 2DS. Yeah, then... Sorry. Uh, <laughs> the second... By the way, there's a 2DS at Indiecade. Well, I didn't tell people I, I did not have a chance to play it, but it looks okay from a distance. It does not look ridiculous. <laughs> like, I saw well, it As I like, got close... As I like, got cl- close, it got more and more grotesque, and I was, like, horrified at what I saw. No, it, uh... I saw it from, like, I don't know, a couple feet away, and it looks... It actually looks pretty good. Like, the design works. From a distance. I don't know about it close. But, anyway, um... The second feature in Kirby that's new is this one. It reminds me so much of Yoshi's New Island, where it's like you get a giant egg that you can destroy the level with at certain moments. In Kirby, you can suck up the entire level at certain moments. That's the big new thing that they've revealed thus far. Yeah, yeah. It's a little, I mean, it's a little underwhelming. It, it, it it's kind of just like, uh, kind of just like, it's just like um, the Wii one, Return to Dreamland. Yeah. I mean, like, it looked good, and I'm sure it's a fun game, yeah. but... It's a solid platformer. Kirby's a solid platform yeah. franchise, but like you said... It... Yeah, but they, they they changed so little between those. It's almost like the new Super Mario Bros. series. Kinda. Yeah. I want another Kirby Canvas Curse, Except... or something experimental like that, or Mass Attack, or something, like, uh, crazy. Those, those, yeah, those are all great. Yeah, I was really hoping they'd do something crazy with the 3D, but, you know, some sort of experimental, weird... Offshoot. I'm sure they were at some point. Kirby's, like, the yeah. guinea pig. It seems like, thing. yeah, it seems like they juggle between... Traditional Kirby game and crazy. They did actually do and crazy Kirby game. Yeah, I mean, but they the did actually do one big. Sorry, you're oh, no. Something. I mean, the last one they did was Mass Attack and the Kirby's Dream Collection. So at they, like the same time. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so they probably like going like okay, one weird, one normal. Weird. Yeah, but one major, major change they made to Kirby. He is way different color of pink now. He's like a fuchsia. Like he's very notice. deeply pink. He's not like pale pink. He's like dark pink. That's all I have to say about. It. I don't have I don't have thoughts on this. I don't know why they're changing his color, but he is noticeably a different shade of pink. Right. When I watched the chart, the first thing I thought after, well, this looks traditional. Is that's a nice way of saying boring? Is uh, Kirby got some sort of like food coloring poison or something? And now he's changed color. Like he looks noticeably. Even the art they released. Like I was looking through Nintendo's press kit from the direct. Kirby's a different color in the art than he is in the past too. It matches the game, but it's like he's noticeably a different tone. Well, to make 3D effect pop out more... <laughs> they had to darken him, I guess. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's one other game that wasn't in the Direct that Nintendo's playing out this holiday. It's probably worth mentioning, Mario Party Island Tour. That, By the way, no transition there. No point. They just, don't... Just jump right through. they haven't really, like... They haven't really shown anything about Island Tour. It's weird. It doesn't even have an official website yet. While Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze... Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze does already have an official website. How's that work? But, uh, yeah, so Island Tour, they are showing it to the press, at least. They're getting word out that way. Uh, so, what we do know, courtesy of the press, is there's going to be 80 minigames. There are going to be seven different boards. It will be a variety of minigames, including AR minigames that use the old AR cards that came with the 3DS. And, there's going to be some sort of mysterious Street Pass support. And... There will be download play, much like Mario Party DS, where pretty much the entire game gets transferred to your friend's system. But no so you can online. Play. Yeah, I was going to say, but no online whatsoever. Which we, when we saw, we talked about this in a previous episode where we saw the box art and the Nintendo Network logo was missing. I was like, uh-oh, that can't be good. It's not good. What a missed opportunity. Yeah. That's all I got to say about it. 
It's a missed opportunity. I mean, I think... The I, download thing is so cool, but... The download thing's super cool. I think the street pass, depending on what they do, could be really interesting. I don't know what they could do with that, but... Trade high scores. If it, No, <laughs> if it's something more than that. If it's something like the game tracks your performance in a minigame, and then you can like do a minigame challenge against the people you street pass, and it's like an AI based on that person's general performance. They did that with a different game. Mario Kart? Mario Kart. Yeah. Like, if they did something like that, that would be interesting. I would be okay with that. It wouldn't make up for online, but it would at least give you variety in AI, which helps alleviate the fact that there's no online for when you're playing solo. But realistically, yeah, I think it's just going to be high scores, which is kind of boring. Well. 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 But, there it is. <laughs> yeah, but I guess we can segue back into more interesting, potentially, games with uh, Sonic Lost World. It was mentioned in the Nintendo Direct, but it wasn't really talked about much in the Nintendo Direct. It was just like, oh yeah, there's oh. this. So, but what we learned outside of the Direct, yeah? I don't know, speaking of Sonic, I completely forgot to say this. Um, when they announced him in the new Smash Bros. game, the first thing I wondered was if they fixed his run. Because, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, but like if you look at Sonic's run in slow motion, because I remember I did that a lot. Yeah. Like, That's such an odd statement. Yeah. <laughs> if you look at his run in slow motion, which I did all the time. Well, I mean, when you go to training mode, like, you want to see like all the animations. No, I know. Well, I, actually, know. I just like seeing the animations in slow motion. No, I remember there well, were a few times I'd go over to your apartment in college and just walk in and you'd be watching Sonic in slow motion. And I'd ask you, how long have you been watching this? He'd be like, oh, about four hours. I still need to do my homework. I'd be like, what's wrong with you? And then we'd go have fun and do whatever. Yep. <laughs> Exactly how it went. That's exactly how. Well, it anyway, went. like in normal speed, like, like Sonic's run looks fine. Like it just looks like he's doing the little infinite eight loop. Yeah. But if you watch in the slow motion, his feet do the weirdest thing ever. Like they retract into his body. You mean like, when you and, when and you run, they, your feet don't retract into you like an airplane's <laughs> like landing gear like, into the body. And then like they then they retract that out backwards. Then they kind of bend forwards, and it it doesn't make any sense. So he's like rowing a canoe paddle <laughs> with his feet. It, it, just, looks, it, 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 it just like the weirdest looking thing That's ever. Weird. And then I'm sure with the HD, they're gonna have to fix that because it'll be much more. Well, noticeable. no, that would cause a concern. Um, there was a picture of like do, him doing his taunt, the you're too slow taunt. Yeah, and, you're uh, too slow. And if you and, and it looks like. Just based on the pose he is right now, it looks like it's still going to do the exact same thing because a little infinite eight loop. But is they still can there. still fix the animation. So. Well, I mean, well, I mean, what I, I mean, obviously they left it like that on purpose. There's no way someone saw that and was like, "Oh God, like let's fix it." I don't know. I mean, I think they just maybe did someone it. was really inspired by airplanes landing gear. Well, because I mean, normally you're not supposed to play the game in slow mo. Yeah, so yeah, you're, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like one of those things that They're probably it, 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 lo- it looks fine when you're running. But I guess if you pay too much attention to it, like, you notice it's weird. I bet it was, like, a cutting corner sort of deal. Like, why do two extra frames of animation when, boom, no one will notice unless they're weird and watching slow motion for four hours and then having their friend come over to their apartment and be like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm watching Sonic. Then again, how do you get an infinite eight loop with someone just running normally? You, it you, would just be a you circle. don't. Like, yeah. You don't. But the infinite loop is from... I mean, the eight loop infinite it's loop. It's from Apple Sonic. Apple headquarters. It's Sonic CD. Yeah, it's a Sonic thing. It's not like Brawl did it. No, I know, I know, that's right. Yeah. But I mean, in Sonic CD, it was just like a line. Yeah, I wouldn't question anything about Sonic. There I know. are many <laughs> things that don't make sense about oh, Sonic. Well, I mean, I'm not questioning Sonic and just like their choice in animating the One that thing way. I would actually question about Sonic, now that I think about it, is probably Sonic Lost World's two-player mode, which is actually what I was going to bring up. So this kind of works that's as a segue. Cool. It's cool, but there's a weird wrinkle in it. So basically, we already knew there's... Uh, cooperative multiplayer, kind of Mario Galaxy style, where one player assists another. That's great. We now know there's competitive multiplayer. There's like racing, there's a like battle or something. There, yeah, the racing in particular is what I'm talking about. Uh, IGN buried a little blurb about how the races work in Sonic Lost World in some preview they did. And it's 
interesting because so you're running through a single player level which has ramped up difficulty each person's running through it simultaneously whoever gets to the checkpoints first automatically makes the player that's losing go to that same checkpoint they got like teleported there then the player who was in the lead gets a few second head start to continue running and then the other player has to start catching up with them that's what strikes me as weird like why don't you just let them run through the whole thing they say it's to make it more fast and frantic, they being Sega, to make it more fast and frantic because uh, more often than not, you have the person right on your tail. No pun intended. That's true. But, if I'm, I'm... I don't know, it just seems like that's weird. So like, I'll be running, and you're probably going to beat me in a race, no doubt about it. So I'll be running, and then you get to a checkpoint, and then suddenly I'm at the checkpoint. Like, what happened to the half the level I might have wanted to run through? Well, I mean, I guess it depends. I remember, well, I played Sonic online a few mm-hmm. times, a few games I have the online, like Sonic Rush or... Any games where you pretty much race are Sonic Generations for the 3DS. Yeah. And some people are so good. Like, you just see them in the beginning, and then you never catch right. up to so them. And then, and, then, and, then, and, then, and then, like, and you can't really do anything but just, like, kind of keep running. Like, okay, I'm going to lose any minute. Yeah. So, I mean, it kind of makes you so wonder. Like, yeah, but what happens if that's you? Like, if you're the guy, or not, what happens if that happens to you, I mean? Oh, sometimes. Like, what happens if you're racing someone that's really good, and they just hit the checkpoint, like, two seconds, you don't even get to play half the level. It's oh. just... Like, I feel just, like it always gives me a chance. Like it kind of oh, it, keep it me won't in now. It. That's my point. It teleports you to the checkpoint. Well, that's why. I mean, if you're really behind, oh, oh, and, you're, and, you're, you and, and you pretty much already want to give up, then yeah. at least it always kind of keeps sorry. you feeling like yeah. you're gonna be. I thought you meant a chance to try the level, and not I feel a chance like, to win. And on the other hand, I mean, if you're destroying someone, you're gonna be like, oh well, this is an easy one. Like, yeah, that makes sense. I guess it just it, does. It makes it, it more. I guess it's like a balancing, a weird. Balancing really technique. weird, but I, I, I'm, I'm okay. It could be good. It sounds okay. I guess it could be good. It's one. I guess it's one of those wait and see things. I mean, the game. Because that means no matter what the person, you're always, yeah, you can't really let up. Yeah, much. that's true. Yeah, but I mean, I guess we'll find out in a couple of weeks. The game's out October 29th, so, well, maybe October 29th. Is originally supposed to come out October 22nd, then they pushed it back a week to October wait, so 29th. Wait, so they teleport you? Like, let's say I'm. You're right behind me, or I'm right behind you, like, the whole time. I and have no idea. And then you touch the checkpoint, and I'm still going to teleport, like, a few feet in front I of actually me. have no idea. All they, the article literally was, like, it's a three, it was like three sentences or four sentences buried in an IGM preview I was reading. I was like, this is something I have a thought on. Like, I want to share my thought on how bizarre this is. So that's why I threw it in here. But what I was going to say is, um, it's out October 29th for now. There's some rumblings, early rumblings on the interwebs. Possibly resolved by the time you listen to this episode. Uh people out there in the world um that it might get delayed to november at least in europe i'm not sure what's going on with that but hopefully not because november has too many games already although october also has too many games so i don't know but um i mean when there's smoke there's fire where there's smoke there's fire that's what happened with donkey kong when it got delayed it was leaked a few days in advance so we'll see but either way it's out this holiday it should be good yeah. Um, on the more indie side of things, kind of going full circle here. We started with indie, we talked mainstream, now we're going back to indie for a little. Um, my number nine. You know that game. For the Mega Man people, that was Kickstarter. Well, it hit its funding goal in, a while ago, and then it hit all its stretch goals, and now it's made over $4 million. Every single stretch goal. They, every single Even stretch goal. Even the one they added at the very end, I remember people being like, whoa, why'd they add a stretch goal? That's stupid. Like, they're just like, there's no way they they're going to make that money. Yeah. They made something like, they hit like three stretch goals in the final 24 hours, which is nuts. But yeah, the game made $4 million, $3.8 million of which came from Kickstarter, and then the rest was through PayPal, which is probably what boosted the stretch goals at the end, because people that don't like Kickstarter just went through, were waiting for the PayPal. Yeah. But so four million dollars. That makes it even at the three point eight for Kickstarter, it's one of the site's most successful video game projects ever. It's in the top three, I believe, if not number one. But uh it's and with all that money, yeah, we get all those um 
stretch goals, and there are actually some really cool ones in there, to be honest. I mean, there's now going to be... Online um, racing something. Oh, no, there's a online co-op. That could be cool. Online battle mode. I don't know what that will be, but who knows. There's going to be intro stage. There's going to be an intro stage in Boston when you first start the game before you get to the, you know, the the eight that already were confirmed. There's going to be a stage in Boss for the sidekick character call. Because you see, you see, the hero, the hero of this game, my number nine, is named Beck. And his sidekick is named Call. Beck and Call. They're clever. I remember it was like when you didn't realize that rock and roll was the same thing. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Yeah, okay, so for those who don't know, because this blew my mind, like literally, like I was speechless, rendered speechless for about two seconds. Um, Which isn't very long. Um... Cause in Japan, yeah, because you were saying like, oh, Beck and Call, like their names go together, but Mega Man and Roll don't. And I'm like, oh, well, in Japan, Mega Man is Rock Man. Exactly. Man. So Rock and Roll. I can't believe I never picked up on that. And Rush is his dog. And Rush is an '80s rock and roll band. Oh, oh my god! I did not catch that one. There we go. Huh. But um, also, Rush has a jetpack, so he rushes to places, whether he wants to or not, because he 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 has to go fast. Gotta go fast. <laughs> but, um, or back on Sonic. Or... Yeah. No. But uh, in addition to all those new gameplay things. There's also versions of um, My Number 9 kind of PS4 and Xbox One, for those who may care. And more importantly to us Nintendo listen- people, there's a handheld version coming to 3DS now, as well as the Vita. But once again, that's not relevant to us directly. Not handled uh, by Renegade Kid. Not handled by... Well, they did they confirm they're doing it themselves? They, they, got, they hired someone else. Oh, okay. They said, like, oh, these people are... The, the price is right, and they have this... I'm sure some of the games they worked on, and I don't know. It seems good. I don't know. I, I've but never I mean, any of the games, so... Yeah. The, the thing is, like, Renegade Kid would have been cool. They have the talent, but I could see why Comcept might have wanted to go find their own team instead of having a team come to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they know what to look for. But, uh, yeah. So that's all... That's all happening when the game launches in 2015, around April, is the current tentative date, which is really far away. And it's actually kind of funny, because I thought... I donated $20 right after the Wii U goal was met. I was like, oh... I'm getting a lot of content for 20 bucks. That's fine. Like, this seems like a pretty full-fledged game. They've added so much now that I'm like, I feel like I'm underpaying. Like, I feel like it should be like 40. You could donate more on PayPal. I could, but I don't feel that much of a... I don't feel that much that way. <laughs> but I was just like, now it's really worth it. So, and one other actually really cool thing about My Number 9 that's separate from the Kickstarter is that uh, they managed to expand their team of Mega Man Masterminds to help with the game. So, specifically, they're adding the composer of Mega Man 2's uh, music yep, to arguably the Nine. best soundtrack on all the Mega Man games. Yeah, I would say so, definitely. So he's now assisting, or he's now working alongside the composer of the original Mega Man. So there's two awesome chip tuny guys there, and uh, this really, I don't know. To me, it's really, it's really like they basically recreated the old Mega Man team as and making a new game. And I think it really shows that. Uh, you know, between the funding success that this has had and the reassembling of the team as if they're, like, Voltron's pieces all scattered around the world, like, merging together <laughs> or something. And then, like, uh, and on top of that, just, like, just the, like, the ongoing demand about having a Mega Man-style game like this. I think it really shows that Capcom screwed up by not keeping Mega Man alive. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know I mean, this guy what, got $4 million. They, yeah, what were they thinking? Like, people clearly want the game. The developers clearly want to keep making the game. Who at Capcom, what suit at well, Capcom was like, you know what? You know that guy we had, Mega Man, our most popular franchise, or our, our mascot? 
Why don't we stop making video games? You know what? Look, let's kickstart a board game. Let's do that. They're doing that. That's oh, real. Yeah, that's it's like, I don't understand who runs Capcom. Maybe that's why their financials are so bad, because because they don't know what they're doing. But you are going to say something. I forgot. Oh. I, yeah, you are just so captivated by my anti-Capcom stance, I guess. Yeah. But they, they still make Ace Attorney. No, they still make great games. That's the, and that's the annoying thing is they still make Ace Attorney. They still make in your case Street Fighter. They still make Resident Evil. Yeah, still they still make really good games. But the problem is they're being dragged down by bad decisions. In part, things like abandoning your mascot. Imagine if Nintendo's like, "Yeah, we're done with Mario. Forever." That'd be weird. Would be. It'd be very weird. Actually, it'd be a bigger. It'd be a bigger impact on Nintendo that would on than Mega Man with Capcom because Nintendo. Because I feel Mario like Capcom has a lot of like mascots that are kind of on equal footing. Yeah, maybe, but, maybe Mega Man a little hard because he's older. Yeah, but I mean between like yeah, I guess like, a better, between Double May Cry, blah blah. blah. I mean, they have, I mean, just named a few. They have a lot. Yeah, better example would be Sonic. If Sega said we're done with Sonic, that's like all they have. I mean, no, they just bought Atlas. Oh, now man. they have Persona. Well, I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, for I feel that that's like Sonic is like their game for like everybody I mean they're like, I mean like wants to play so what's the game for everybody Avenger, Total War those are like more, uh, I love more playing niche. you know I, I actually would really want to play a hybrid of those two Total War Pro Manager <laughs> where you're managing the army's soccer team as they fight the Roman soccer team because soccer is now a thing in the past I guess <laughs> but I'd be okay with that um what was I gonna say though uh yeah, it's just, I don't know, Capcom's making weird decisions. But, but but the good news is the people that made Mega Man are now very happily making Mighty Number no. 9, so that should be really cool. And the second game that got funded fully, that should also be really cool, is Shantae Half-Genie Hero, which passed its Kickstarter goal of 400000 actually yeah, I'm, doubling I'm, to about 800000 Yeah, I'm actually really surprised like, by how much money it got in the last three days. It, yeah. got, it, it reached an entire stretch goal in half a day. Yeah. The last one, they reached three of them. And then, like, another one in one day, and the one, another... I mean, the first one took them a while to reach, but... Mm-hmm. I mean, so now it has two more chapters, a costume swap, and... And the Risky like, Boots mode, where you could play the entire yeah. game as Risky the Pirate, opposed to... And there's, like, and there's like slightly, a slightly different plot, and some yep. slightly different levels, yep. and stuff like that, so... But yeah, the, the thing that's interesting to me about... Uh, about, really, Kickstarter in general, not just Shantae... I guess once the Mega Man one ended, they're like, oh, all right, let's pay attention to yeah, this one Yeah, someone now. tweeted, I don't remember who, but someone tweeted, like, okay, indie developers, my number nine's over, you can start... Kickstarting again, like because no one was paying attention to because the Mega the yeah. Number Nine hype is like a black hole. But um, I was just say about Kickstarter in general is I've noticed it's kind of like an eBay mentality when people are like, "I'll just kickstart at the end and wait till like the very last minute and then kickstart." Because oh. you know, like with eBay, everyone waits for the last second to place their bid because they want to win it. It's kind of, I mean, not for the same reasons, but it's kind of the same concept where people are like waiting till the last. Yeah, minute. they want to. Like, okay, yeah, I'll buy it. Sure. Well, yeah, because I mean, they want to see if it pans out. Yeah. For the most part, sometimes when you see all those stretch goals, you want to. Be, I kind of wanted to have yeah. all those stretch goals. Yeah. So that makes sense. But um, but yeah, so that's two awesome games that will be coming to a system near you. And actually, speaking of Shantae, I did play um, Pirates Curse, the upcoming oh, the- 3DS one that is not a Kickstarter project. It's Shantae through and through. Like, there's not much to say. It's Shantae. They had a demo of a like a dungeon. You know, yeah. uh, exploring one, and then they had a boss fight, and it's totally Shantae. Hair whips there and everything. 3D's not bad, it's just kind of layered. Like, it's nothing special, it's just layered yeah. 3D. So but she's in the front, on the foreground with the platform, then there's like... But does it really... Because I remember my Switch 4 is... It doesn't have... Two, that one was whoa. I feel like 3D. it's not... Well, that's because it, like, moved into the it screen. Crazy. It was built around 3D. I feel yeah, like... That, that, and then was ported into HD, 2D. Yeah, and I, but, think, I think that's the best, like... 2D, 3D game I've yeah. ever seen. 2D, this. 3D. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, I think... 2D game and 3D. Yeah. I didn't notice anything that crazy. Like, I I was like, oh, it has some depth. 
But I, I didn't. <laughs> has some depth, and look, her hair's still moving left and right. But I didn't know. It's like her hair didn't whip me in the face when I was playing or anything. It was oh. still contained to the screen. <laughs> but no, it was like it, I mean, it was fun. It was Shantae. Like yeah. there's not much to say. It was Shantae. It was good. But uh, half you here should be cool because it's kind of mixing up the Shantae form, uh, formula a little bit, is it not? Like aren't they doing? No, I know. So far, it looks kind of the same. I'm I thought they were like changing like, like the structure. Or something. Oh, well, I mean, like they have chapters and yeah. I mean, they're changing. I guess how you get the yeah. That's what I meant. The 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 the, the, trans- transformations. the, the transformations. Yeah. Like they're more chapter by chapter instead of um. You're kind of just exploring around and you kind of mm-hmm. find one and yeah. I don't know. Yeah, there's really no indication of like how far you are into the game and norm and the regular Shantae games. You're just kind of right. just exploring around and the game just progresses. Makes sense, yeah. And these, they have, like, openings and endings. and blah, blah, blah. Right, right, right. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I think Shantae, actually, that pretty much covers our game-specific news. And a good transition to go from the game-specific news to the more, like, industry-level news about Nintendo's possible software engines is to take a brief little detour into hardware. Specifically, the Wii U firmware update that launched on the eve of Nintendo Direct this past week. Um, we're now up to version 4.0. And it actually has some features I did not expect Nintendo to do. The biggest is probably off-TV play for Wii games. Any Wii game you put in the Wii U can now be played off-TV. The catch is you still need a Wiimote nunchuck or whatever controls you may need, and you use the sensor bar on the gamepad as your sensor bar. That's not why people expected anything different. I don't know why people did either, but the internet collectively, the night it came out, was like, I can't use the buttons on the gamepad? I mean, I mean, well, here's their logic, I think, and it is kind of sound. For someone who may not know the ins and outs of Nintendo's 23, 6,000 different control options for the Wii. I mean, did you see that Mario 3D World you can literally play with six different controls? Oh. Like, that's nuts. But, uh, but no, like, if the casual user who doesn't know that, they're gonna put the game on their Wii game, on their Wii game on the gamepad, and they're gonna expect it to work like Mario, New Super Mario Bros. U. They're gonna expect it to work like Wind Waker HD. Anything where off TV, oh, it's off the TV, but I'm using the gamepad to play it. Yeah. That's gonna be instinctually what you expect. Even though, when you play a Wii game on the TV, you're using Wiimote Nunchuck. So I can see why people would go, why doesn't it do that? But the amount of emulation work that would require, the amount of, like, remapping buttons, like, I don't know uh, how that... How you remap some of those motions. I don't even know how I you mean, right do now, that. I mean, just the fact that when you're going into Wii mode, it pretty much... It turns your Wii U into a Wii. Yeah, and so, it even... So it doesn't even know that you're on a gamepad, especially. Yeah. So it'd be really hard, which makes it actually kind of impressive that they were able to stream it to the gamepad still. Because yeah. it is in, like, a Wii mode. Like, I don't know how it knows to do that. But it's interesting because if you press the gamepad touchscreen when you're in Wii mode, it'll go, like, the gamepad cannot be used for this function or something like that. Or, like, the touchscreen does not work with Wii games. Or So they, there's clearly some sort of overlay on top of that Wii mode. But I guess some people just want that overlay to go as far as button mapping, which... How would you map, like... Wiimote shakes, I guess, to a button. But, I don't know, there's a few games But there's different you... types of shakes. Like, how would you do Wii Tennis? How would you do Samba de Amigo? How would you do Samba de Amigo? That's a good one. Like, it just Actually, doesn't... no, wait, not, no, no. No, you just do right and left stick. No, it would, it, game... no, it would have to be D-pad on buttons, because there is a Samba de Amigo game in Rhythm Thief, and they figured it out. Right, but I, th- I think it basically, both, it basically proves our point that it's never going to happen, because each game would require custom button mapping. Yeah. And who's going to sit there and go through... Skyward Sword? Yeah, who's going to sit there and go through, like, 3,000 Wii games? I think that's how many were released. And individually go, well, for Pets for pets Vet Superstar, <laughs> I have to make sure that this button does that. I know, like, and, and, and they can't really just selectively go, like, oh, we're not going to do this one for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah, so I can see why they're not. I don't think they're ever going to do it. But it'd be so, cool if they did. I just don't know how. So it just be happy you can do it at all. Yeah, be happy you could at least play on the gamepad. But in addition to that, which is probably the biggest feature, they add a few other things, including a 
The friends list is right on the home screen now. They actually fixed friending, if you recall, or for those of you who have friended outside of Meverse. If you friend on Meverse, you can send a request and the person can receive it and respond. If you friend through the friends list, you both have to put like a request out into the ether of the internet. Just send one out at the same time. Like If you request one to me through the friends list exclusively, I will never see it. If you do it to Meverse, I will. Unless... I send you a request too. So you have to like somehow coordinate your request. They fixed that. Now if you send a request, it'll pop up on the friends list just like it will on Meverse. Oh. That's so that's resolved. I can't believe it took almost a year to do it, but it's resolved. They also, uh, just being up the list a little here, Surround Sound now works in Wii mode. PDFs are viewable on the web browser, which can be handy. Um, you know, because when you want to see PDF. No, but some pe- like game manuals. Game if you're looking at a game manual from Nintendo.com for a Wii game that you lost the box for, they're in PDFs. Oh, now I can view them. Really? Perfect know. use case. Oh. Um, also, the I'm social impressed. the social image share that uh, is on 3DS, where you go i.nintendo.net, you could put it on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr. That now works with Wii U games. Not only can you share screenshots in full 1080p resolution through that, but you can also <laughs> post them to any file host on the internet. You can go like Imager or whatever and click upload, and it will work. If you click upload, it'll take the image of whatever is going on behind the home screen when you open the browser. And you can upload it in full 1080 resolution, which is pretty awesome, so take actually. So a screenshot anything, even if I'm watching something on Netflix? No, I, I think I think it's any app that supports Miiverse screenshots. But it does it in full resolution. Oh, so not Monster Hunter. Probably not. I don't know. You should try it sometime. But either way, it's a really cool feature, because you can now basically make your own crazy Monster shoot. Hunter didn't support that. Yeah, it's I don't like know a, why. It's like a, it a might, game you You know what? To... I think they fixed it. Really? I think Capcom tweeted that they fixed it when the firmware came out. Oh. You should You should check it. I might be wrong, but I think they did. But beyond that, there's still other stuff they added to um, the Wii U with this new update. Uh, Wii Chat, Wii U Chat now has headset support, so your whole family doesn't have to listen to you chat. Once or twice a year, you may use it. Um, there's new start screens for Miiverse and the eShop. So the load times have been uh, lessened a little, but not probably as much as Nintendo was hoping. So they put fancy new start screens that distract you. As, like, a diversion, which actually kind of works. Yeah, so the eShop, I was like, oh, there isn't enough time to do the roulette twice. Yeah, the eShop has a roulette wheel. Uh, Miiverse has a world clock with, like, all these little Mii's from different countries. Honestly, when the Miiverse one popped up, I felt like it went longer. Because the clock just sat there for a while. But eShop definitely feels faster because you're playing the game. Uh, and the last thing they add is Spot Pass can now be chosen to go off at designated times, like once an hour, once every two hours. And when it does download stuff, it's not just updates. It's now you can give it permission to download full demos and software that Nintendo can push to you. This, arguably even more so than uh, the Wii mode on off-TV play, is probably the biggest, like, has the most potential of anything that this update included. I mean, this is what Wii Connect 24 was supposed to be when they announced the Wii's, that feature for the Wii back at E3 2006. I was there in the room when they announced it. At the Kodak Theater. Humble brag. And I was like, oh my god, that sounds so cool. Because they're like, yeah, well, overnight we'll push you stuff. You'll wake up and you'll have, like, your news the stories. The blue nightlight. Yeah, and it has that cool glowing blue disc slot, which I really wish the Wii U kept. I love that disc slot. But, uh, like, it just sounded so cool. And the way I, while I was pitching it, just sounded great. And I was, like, super excited. And then nothing came of it. And they started going in that direction with the 3DS. Like, they can push download. They can push icons that when you press, it tells you to download. Yeah. I don't think they can push full apps. But the fact that I can wake up one morning, go to the Wii U, turn it on, and boom, there's a, th- a Mario 3D World demo just there. Or I come home from work and just boom, it's there, and I don't have to, like, 
go download it or even know it was going to be released, that's super cool. They could do all sorts of cool surprises. Yeah, imagine like while you're watching Nintendo Direct, when, you, when this Direct is done, you... You will have a down... Yeah, imagine if like it's like you turn on the Wii U and it's, you know, during E3, they just have all the demos waiting for you. Or one or two of the demos. Like, there's so much potential. Let me have the space. Yeah, that's the thing. You have to... Um, it says, it warns you when you turn it on that if there's not enough space, it won't download. So make yeah. sure you have a hard drive if needed. But still, that is really cool. It's what We Connect 4 was... We Connect 24 is supposed to be. It just took um, seven years to properly implement. It also re-raises the well, issue of why doesn't the they Wii... They set up the infrastructure. They still haven't really implemented it yet. Yeah, but it, it does raise the question... We've talked about this before. Why doesn't the Wii U have a notification light anywhere? It could be a big disc slot. It could be the home button... I think the gamepad's home button should pulse blue when the system's off yeah, and but, you have but, new content. But the gamepad, like, turns off completely, though. There's, like, no even, like, sleep mode to it or anything. That's not true. When you well, turn it off? Yeah, I guess that is true. I mean, unless, but they can fix that with the I mean, I, I mean, unless you go to, like, the menu, go, like, oh, put, just turn off display, so then it's just black. Actually, you know what? They shouldn't do that because you... And I don't know if you're going in this direction, but battery life would be affected. Well, yeah. So it'd have to be the system. They'd have to, like, have the power indicator flash... Like yeah. a signal, like Morse, Morse code. It'll tell you in Morse code what what the download is. Well, I mean, maybe everyone have, will learn Morse. Maybe just have another hidden color in there. I mean, we didn't know they had an orange. That's true. Maybe there's like a hot pink. Maybe there's fuchsia to go with Kirby's new tint. But uh, yeah, so that's a firmware update. I will say, Nintendo guys, guys, guys. Hi. Folders. Where are folders? <laughs> Seriously, like, 3DS had folders. Wii U launched after 3DS and doesn't have folders. Why are there no folders? Yeah, I already filled up the screen already. Yeah, it's just, like, I want to organize my stuff. It's annoying. I mean, you can organize it like you do, where each screen's a different, like, Yeah, but but that's it. But I have right now, like, my screen for just Nintendo downloads that aren't virtual console games, my virtual console screen is already getting pretty, pretty full. Yeah, it's just, like, where are the folders? And then I have to go to another page. I'm going to have to shift everything over one page. Yeah. It's it's just I don't know maybe maybe I did need a demo know, so I could like make room. They must be saving it for Wii U's 5.0 update because no other features had. Wow. Now it's folders. Well, I mean they did make a big deal out of folders. It is a big deal. Yeah, but and there shouldn't be. Yeah, it should just be standard. I mean, imagine if Apple didn't launch iOS 7 with folders. Like, imagine if they just didn't have folders. How would that even work? People would like die in the streets. It would it'd be complete chaos. But uh, that, so that's the firmware update. Um, there is a little bit more software-y news. We've been kind of... I've been alluding to it for a little while across the, the length of this podcast. And that's essentially that Nintendo is doing a couple of different things that could dictate how they handle game development in the future. The first is they're teaming up with Panasonic. Which, on the surface, it's like, oh, hardware, okay. But no, it's software. Now, the last time they teamed up, they made the very chromed-out GameCube that can play DVDs, only released in Japan, called the Panasonic Q. Which was an awesome looking thing. I actually almost bought one. Like, imported one through Japan. I was like, this close. It was like $400. And it was so stupid. And I already had a GameCube. But it's just like, so tempting. I was like, two minutes away from doing it. Like, I was on the website. Like, should I buy it? And I decided not to. But anyway, that thing was cool. But so this one is a software deal. And what they're doing is, um, Nintendo's investing in a company called, or a thing called PUX, or I guess PUX. And it's a Panasonic subsidiary that built, um, an engine, a software engine that powers video codecs to encode movies. It can convert 2D to 3D. It can, and it has various recognition tools built in, including speech recognition, handwriting recognition, face recognition, object recognition, gestures. Oh, it's all the connect. 
Yeah, it's kind of like Kinect combined with everything else Nintendo's done. 2D to 3D, just, uh, you know, voice. Yeah. And in fact, Brain Age has used this software previously. Puck's already is a th- or PUX is already a thing that Brain Age has used for handwriting and um, voice. Oh. Specifically in Japan, where they were doing Japanese. So they're characters. responsible for it not recognizing blue. Well, I think I think it's the new Brain Age, not oh. that Brain Age. Never mind then. Yeah, the the Brain Age where it does no blue. The Brain Age that no one that bought. Was so frustrating. I know. I never had trouble with it. I could always say blue. I don't know. I mean, I said blue, but yeah, it wouldn't work. Yeah, I don't know. But um, Nintendo seems pretty serious about this purchase. I mean, twenty-seven percent stake in the company in uh, the subsidiary PUX, which isn't just them dabbling. This is them committing. To own a third of a company, you don't just go, yeah, let's see what they do. I'll buy a third. This is, like, pretty serious. And uh, it, it's actually interesting. One of the, the article was posted on Silicon Era, and one of the commenters on there was like, oh, maybe this is kind of Nintendo gearing up for their own MT framework. MT framework is Capcom's universal. Every game we build is going to be built on this software engine, so it's really easy to pump out games and to make them all be a certain quality level. And they all, you know, and all developers can learn the same coding thing for the same software. And it's just a piece of cake to make games for. You can focus on the game and not building the engine that powers it, etc., etc. So that was what, that's the idea of having a universal software engine. So if Nintendo's going in that direction, it actually kind of makes sense. Because they are, you know, we previously discussed like half a year ago that they're combining their handheld and console divisions into one giant unit. And they also, you know, there's been rumors that their next system could be a handheld console hybrid of some sort. So, I mean, to have all their games run hypothetically on whatever Pucks is built, PUX is building, makes a certain amount of sense. Like, this could be Nintendo positioning for the future. Even if they do have separate systems, to have a, or even if they implement it currently, to have a one specific software suite that can make a Wii U game in HD that looks really good, or downscale it and turn it 3D and have it on 3DS, and in both cases it's handwriting recognition, gesture recognition through the camera, voice recognition. Like, there's, this could make, this could be big for Nintendo. It could be a very cost-effective way that also helps them with their HD development woes. Because, as we know, they're having a lot of trouble doing that. So, I mean, games were delayed non-stop for like a year. They're still blaming HD on their delays, which is like, you'd think they'd get it together by now. So I wonder if this is going to address that. It's certainly... To me, at least, it's certainly a very interesting move by Nintendo to invest in a software engine like this. The last time they bought a software engine was MobyClip, who you may recall popped up like in front of Metro Prime Hunters and some other games. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, was, uh, that did all the movies in the games, like all the CG yeah, movies. Yeah. That's what encoded it. Nintendo actually bought them in uh, 2011, maybe? They're based in Europe, MobyClip. Yeah. And now they're called like Nintendo of Europe something. Their initials are nerd. Oh. Nintendo of Europe Division 1, I think is what their name is. So Nerd 1. Which is kind of an awesome division name. Because in Japan, it's EAD. Yeah. In Europe, it's Nerd. In America, it's... What else? NOA. Whatever. No, it's uh, NST. Nintendo Software... Well, no, NST is part of it. Whatever. It's something. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that's one thing that's of note that's kind of interesting. And whatever, you know, whatever happens with that is probably a little far off. But there is... Uh, Nintendo is doing a second thing that's a lot closer and could potentially happen very soon, and that's also according to Silicon Era. They are in the process of converting Monogame Framework to work on Wii U. And Monogame Framework is another software thing, kind of like Unity, kind of like Nintendo's Web Framework, where people can build... Well, not really like Nintendo Web Framework, that converts. But people can build their games on this one framework, 
and then put it on a whole bunch of different systems. Oh, so it makes so it really... like Unity. Like, it's just an engine that anyone can yeah. download. And, and it's really easy. Yeah, and this one's open source, so it's, like, super easy to get hold of. And it's actually... It's based on Microsoft's XNA engine, which, if you recall, Xbox 360 at one point was, like, had the, pinna- was like the pinnacle of indie games on consoles because they had this XNA program oh, yeah, yeah. where they took uh, XNA, which is, a you know, their um, own framework for Windows... And they basically were like, hey, look, now it works on Xbox, so people are able to port games over really, really easily. So this is kind of a riff, like riffing on that. It's a spinoff of that, and or it's a branching of that, but it's open source. And a lot of actually pretty big indie games were built on it. Fez was built on it. Uh, Skull, uh, wow, I just totally lost my list here. I had a list of some Skull games. Skullgirls? No, not Skullgirls. I had a nice little list of some games, but here we go. Fez was built on it. Bastion was built on it. Bastion. Bast- it says, it's spelled Bastion. I'm going to make it French. So you say combustion? No, but it sounds good in this case because France. It's not French. Fine, Bastion. Fez, Bastion, uh, Skulls of the Shogun. That's what I was thinking of. Oh, that's Shotgun. Did I say Shogun? Shotgun. Those are the ones that uh, were all built, for example, were all built on this. And if Nintendo can make it so developers can bring those games to Wii really easily, like they can with Unity or through Nintendo Web Framework, that could be pretty big. And once again, that brings us all full circle. Because it shows, uh, it's back to indicate a little, because um, Nintendo Web Framework and Unity clearly are working, because Nintendo had the biggest booth at Indicate, and they had like 17 games. Go Nintendo. So, yeah, it's, uh, .com. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's cool that they're doing this again. It's nowhere near as, like, momentous as a thing as their Panasonic partnership, but it's still, you know, a good plus and can mean more awesome eShop games going forward. And with that... I think that's news, which means it's time for Wind Waker HD impressions. Yep. Yeah, I don't know why I said it like that. So, um, I believe I'm further than you in the game right now. So yes, I guess you are. I'll... I had to wait another day just to make sure I got my collection. Which basically edition. means you played it for the first time the day we're recording this. Yep. Or the day we started recording this. We're finishing recording this on the day this will be posted. Yes, we cut it that close. It is now Sunday, October 6th, and here we are recording the podcast for... Sunday, October 6th. We're, we're, we're that good. Yeah. I blame Indiecade. But anyway, uh, I was there all day. But, um, yeah, so Wind Waker HD. First of all, a couple things I should put out there. Through playing, through going back and revisiting Wind Waker for the first time in a decade, I've come to realize, and this isn't my nostalgia here, I've come to realize that I think Wind Waker is my favorite Zelda game. So right off the bat, I'm just going to outright say, if you like Zelda, buy Wind Waker. If you like adventure games, buy Wind Waker. If you like a new game for your Wii U that's good, buy Wind Waker. Like, I'm not gonna, but this, I think these impressions are gonna be less like, should you buy Wind Waker, and more like the nuances of like what's different, what's the same, what's good, what's bad, because there are, you know, a little of everything here. So, yeah, Wind Waker, first of all, I forgot some of the stuff in Wind Waker. Like, when I was playing it again, I was like, oh yeah, this happens. Or, oh, wait, what do I do here? Oh yeah, like, there's one part, um, where was I? It was really early in the game. I don't remember where it was, but I totally forgot oh it was when you're doing the stealth in the oh, fortress yeah. i totally forgot you had to take out the lights oh so i kept going to the part where you shimmy along the cliff and the light spotlight hits you no matter what and i kept like trying to dodge the spotlight like why is it not going away and then finally i just got hit and then the game's like you might want to take out those lights and this is after half an hour of me trying to like shimmy past it. like there's gotta be oh, a wow. way no, like I, I just I, forgot completely i didn't even really realize what i was doing i, I just kept 
I just kept following the path, and I'm yeah. like, oh, this takes me up to the spotlight. So I just went straight to the spotlight, and then See, I See, I just... came out like a side door, and the, and the spotlight path was to my left, but if I went straight, it went right to the uh, I was kind of looking at the map, too, because it, it highlights um where you've been, and yeah. where you haven't been is, like, gray, so I just naturally just went to the gray. Oh, and there was also an X. That told you I just to knew, because I remembered from when I played the first time, like, oh, I have to go get my sister. She's at the top. So I just beelined it to the top of the tower, instead uh. of going through every room. I was like, oh, I know how to get there. I played this before. Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> but no, it's, uh, besides that, though, like, it... I forgot how, um, easy the stealth part was. I thought I had to... Yeah, I, 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 so I, 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 easy. I remembered... I remembered it, I remembered it harder. harder, but I'm like, well... We I, were younger. That's yeah. part of it. But, uh, I, I will say, though, overall... It's fun, but really easy. Yeah. It's nice to see, like, I wish Zelda did that more, where they threw in other gameplay elements like that, like stealth. They haven't done that since. Yeah, that's how I also put it in hero mode. Started yeah, I'm not playing in hero mode, but I'm fine with it. I don't mind it being... I just want to play through it and enjoy it. I don't care. No, I mean, yeah, you can enjoy it on hero mode, too. I'm not saying you can't. Uh, but I'm just saying I don't mind playing through it a little easier. I just want to, like, re-experience yeah, my, it. My, unfortunately for me, like, my enjoyment is correlated to how difficult the game is. I mean, but. I'm not, like... Like, horrible at the game. Like, I don't oh, no, need I know, yeah. normal. I'm just saying that. I don't know. I just, I'm playing it for the experience more than... Just to re-experience it. Like, the nostalgic trip more than the... Uh, like, a fresh... You know what I mean? Like, oh. I'm going into it going, yeah, I've played this before. I'm just, like, reliving it. More so than I want to replay it, if that makes sense. Oh. But with that yeah. said, it is totally replayable. Like, it, it's that good of a game. And I, there's a lot of stuff about it that I actually really like um, that they did with the HD version. Most notably the HD itself. Um, the game looks gorgeous. Like, absolutely gorgeous. Like, uh, they, they, they basically rounded off the cell shading. So now it's, like, polygonal. But, um, so that looks good, obviously, but it looked, where it really shines, pun kind of intended, is, uh, in the dynamic lighting, which looks just really great. Like, yeah, I don't know, but, he's, when he's in front of fire, the fire reflects off but him. But I look, but uh, that's also weird, because, like, sometimes he looks, like, completely, like, flat, like, like flat and cartoony when he's oh, outside, yeah. and then as soon as you go, yeah, near fire or anything, all of a sudden he has volume. Yeah, not only that, but there's sometimes a weird border around him, too, which also yeah, so, like, so detaches so him from the scene he's in. Yeah, so but the dynamic lying I on mean, him looks really Yeah, good. I mean, he always looks good, but he looks like a character on a different game. Yeah, sometimes. It is it is odd how that happens. And I don't know why that is, because the lighting matches perfectly. It's like something else. It's like the shadows of the environment don't translate the onto shadow, him, yeah, the shadows but the are, lighting does. That's the problem. The, the lighting matches, but the shadows don't. Well, the shadows are a lot softer. Like, um, there's no... it it um. It's very gradient how it goes, like from yeah. like green to darker green. But then when you're outside, it's just a, a hard line that divides your shadow. That's true. I will say I really like their use of bloom lighting, which is that oversaturated look. Like when you're you know out walking around the island, it's super like it feels very like bright because it kind of mimics the idea of like how bright the sun is. Because when you're in like you know somewhere that's not in the sun immediately, things look pretty normal. But once you go in the sun, it has like this crazy bloom effect. Yeah. Which is really like when you first like step outside of a movie theater and you have to squint because it's like so bright out. Like it's really cool how they're able to replicate that feeling just with a little bloom lighting effect. Like I thought that I thought that was really cool. Like little things like that that they added, that they could do with HD oh. that they couldn't previously. I, I enjoyed on um, watching Link run through the the tall grass that you could cut. I, I don't know for some reason I think the grass looks really. Oh, cool. the grass, the movement of the grass is really. Yeah, nice. and then when you cut it and then when it falls down, it's like whoa. Yeah, no, they did a really good job with the conversion. This actually had some help from a. Uh, 
company called what was their name? Hexadrive. Yeah, Hexadrive. Who their specialty is converting games into HD. They did uh, Zone of the Enders and Okami on PS3. So they know what they're doing, and it you know it definitely shows. Like everything looks really, minus Link occasionally looking detached or the shadows not matching. Like all the lighting, not the shadows, the light. So the the bright parts, yeah. not the dark parts. That looks also pro- a lot that of very like, good. Also all the a lot characters. of funny things just from like animation or like things that dated that look yeah. dated now. Like when um his sister is holding the telescope, like her hands are clearly not touching the, the telescope at all, but she's moving it around. Oh uh, yeah, funny. Yeah. But I think that is just because that's how the original was. Oh, well, yeah, that's right. Because, I mean, yeah. there's things that they kept exactly how oh, it yeah, was. Oh, yeah, so... for the timeless. I still love the part where at the very beginning he gets the uh, shield from his grandma. And he does the da-da-da-da and, like, holds it up. Oh. You know, the usual Zelda, like, look, I got a new item. And then he, like, turns around and she sees all sad. And he, like, just gingerly, like, lowers his hand back down. Oh, yeah. I really like his face when, um... He his got facial the... animation. When, when, when he got the clothes and he was oh, like, yeah. like, his, like, ugly clothes. The and... face animation is so good now. Like, it was good in the original... Like, that's the thing about the original Wind Waker. Like, the whole cell shang was so they could show so much emotion in his face. But I feel like... I feel like it's better now than it was then. Like, something about... Maybe because his face is fuller because he has, like, a round face. It just seems more just lifelike. Yeah, yeah, it's way more lifelike. But, um... Well, I don't know about lifelike. I mean, his... I mean, in terms of how his face animates, not in terms of the well, size of his eyes, well, I mean, which are like giant bug eyes. Because I mean, well, I mean, his eyes—he just have a very animated face. But it's, but it's still like his face swaps a lot. I mean, it's not like his mouth is smoothly going from a smile to like oh, yeah, a sad yeah, face. Yeah. It just instantly goes to different facial expressions. No, I guess I guess what I meant for like, in, if I remember correctly, with but the he original does have a lot Wind of Waker, facial expressions. Yeah, yeah, and with the original Wind Waker, like his face felt like his eyes felt almost morbid tapped from his head somehow like his eyes kind of curve with his head now like in the original it's like they're like eyes and like his eyebrows went off his face in the original wind waker didn't they that sounds about right yeah so like I this just remember. feels more that's what i meant by life like it's, it's on a real i remember they made a face. real big point about the eyes when the game first came out like oh like link yeah no will, it, link will look at clues or things if yeah you're stuck in and I, I i remembered he did that but i forgot that he could pick up any items so when i started doing that again in h in oh. i'm like oh this is so cool like look i have this big sword look i have but but that reminds me when you pick up a flaming stick like a stick on fire the lighting effect on that in particular looks really good like, I, that was probably the moment. I was like, okay, yep, this is cool. And, like, when I went to Dragon Roost Island and there's all the fire and the lava, it just, oh, yeah. it's great. And even, like, the particle effects. Like, in uh, Dragon Roost Island where the wind's blowing at full force and there's all that stuff, oh, in, all that, like, stuff in the air. It looks really good. Like, it's, like, snowing ember. It's it in ash. It's really cool. Like, in the original, it's just specs. But in this one, you can actually see, like, there are different colors and different shapes. And yeah. It's very cool. It's, it's funny, like, until, like, Pikmin 3 and this game, it's like, I feel like I'm finally... We're finally getting those, like, HD games that are making us go, like, whoa. For, yeah. Like, on the Wii U. I will admit, though. Because, I mean, Mario, you... It had, like, well, it's, it's in 60 frames per second. It's pretty smooth. But it wasn't... Yeah. Wow. Like, yeah, these and, like, Mario 3D World when it comes out and Mario Kart 8, which we can attest to because we've played. Oh, yeah. Those look like HD Nintendo games. They're not just Nintendo games that have been up They are, like, games made for it. I know, they look, yeah. I will say, though, with Wind Waker, after a couple hours of playing, I completely forgot about the new look. Like, there are times I'm like, why am I not appreciating this look more? Like, I just kind of, like, became normal. Yeah. So, but definitely for the first few well, hours. Well, we have been exposed least. to Toon Link quite a bit since his debut. So. No, but I don't even mean that. I just mean, like, all this, like, lighting effects and stuff. Oh, that's... Like, there's, a few couple, there's still a few couple moments where I'm like, a few couple. There's still a couple moments where I'm like, oh, whoa, that looks super cool. But for the most part, like, there are times I'd be, like, picking up a fire, you know, picking up a flaming stick again. And I'd be like, I was really impressed with that lighting an hour ago. Now I'm just used to it. Like, it lost some well, of it. Well, it becomes the norm. It's I know, of... that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but it's just like, I. 
I'm hoping as I continue to play through the game, it gets more of those, you know, they do more interesting things with the graphics and it continues yeah. to feel that way. I mean, you yeah. don't have those. I mean, there will be a limit, but it's kind of like yeah. how right now, like, if there's a movie available in 3D, I will have to buy it. But yeah. when I'm watching it, like, I know the 3D is there, but it's not blowing my mind. Yeah. But if I don't buy it in 3D, I don't enjoy it as much. I don't know. Like, I have to have the best version of yeah, it. Yeah, no, I, I get what you mean, totally. But, um, yeah. but yeah, of course not. And and some, uh, besides the HD graphics, they also implemented uh, the, you know, Miiverse for Tingle Bottles, which you can get really early in the game. And, and also selfies via the pic- Picto Box, which you can also get very early in the game. Uh, as soon as you get to Winfall Island, they're there. Uh, you oh, just, I just you, got to Winfall yeah, Island. Yeah, <laughs> you, wow, you're really early in the game. But yeah, you, uh, you sit, you know, you rescue Tingle from his little jail cell on Winfall Island, and then he sets up Tingle Balls for you. They're pretty cool, I'm not gonna lie. You're just walking along the beach, or you're walking along an island, there's a little sparkle in the water, you go up and you just grab it, and then you have a third tab on the gamepad, which I'll get to, by the way, in a moment. That's the other big enhancement I really like. But you have a third tab on the gamepad called Bottles, and it even has like a little badge notification, like an iPhone or Android interface you know with like a one in a circle or two uh-huh. and you click it and there's the images and the posts and everything Wait, so like these that. posts like is there a Miiverse community that you can actually access separately from no them? they're all embedded in the main Miiverse community if you go on Miiverse to the, the Wind Waker section you'll see that some posts are tagged with a location and some aren't the ones tagged with a location like Dragon Roost Island or whatever those are through Tingle Bottle uh-huh. the ones that aren't are just posted through the home menu Miiverse option so you could theoretically see every Tingle Bottle through the Miiverse yeah. The point of Tingle Ball is you get random messages as you play from other players. It's not like supposed to be like a secret thing. Oh. Like they can be, like they get stacked. Like you can, I got one that had like four likes already. Or four yeahs already. Mm. So also I got one that said hell in it. Huh. And I was like, how did this? Was it written or? H-E-L-L typed in. No, no, no. I mean like. Typed in. Typed in. Oh, typed in. That's like, yeah. I mean if it's written. I don't know how that happened, but whatever. I obviously don't care, but I just thought that was interesting that it slipped through. But anyway, yeah, so with Tingle Balls, at any time, you can you just map the Tingle Ball to one of the item buttons and press it, and it goes into the Tingle, into the Miiverse Composer, you know, that standard one that pops up within yeah. games, that kind of gray one. Um, and much like in all those games, it lags when you press it. I don't know what, Wonderful One One, I think, is the one exception to this rule, but every game that has Miiverse imp- implementation with a button within the game or a mode within the game that opens Miiverse in that, like, generic Composer thing, so not... Yeah. Yeah, uh, not the green one if you go to the home menu, but like the one that just pops up. Every single time, it lags when you open it. Like with this one, the first time I did it, like Link unravels a, a piece of paper right on, and then it just froze for four seconds. Like the music kept going, but I couldn't do anything. I was like, did I, did I just break my game? Like I haven't saved in two hours. It, oh God, <laughs> like is everything okay? And then it went through and it was fine and it opened the Miiverse, but I don't get why it's still... Ha- How did Wonderful 101 fix that issue but no other game knows how to fix that issue. It's no, just, it platinum seems, games, right? Yeah, they, they, the technical masters of platinum. I don't know. It just is like, that's the one thing that annoys me is every time I open Tingle Ball, every time I write a Tingle Ball message or try to, there's like a couple second lag. It just completely locks what's going wow. on on screen. The music keeps playing, but nothing's happening on screen. Yeah. But, I don't know. It's kind of a nitpick. No, I wonder if that's a, also a downloadable... A digital copy issue because I know sometimes like physical copies and digital copies have some low time, low time differences and stuff like that. That'd be interesting. I wonder if it is an issue of the game isn't. But would that be low time? You know what? Probably is. It's probably pulling from the o- from the operating system of the Wii U at that point. There might be a feature baked into the OS of the Wii U, so when you press it, it has to call it from the system and kind of bring it oh, into okay. the game, which is running you know in whatever memory it loaded to. Yeah. That's the only thing I can think of. But even then, I don't know. Seems kind of 
kind of odd. But yeah, the other major thing... Well, actually, one more thought on graphics. I know I'm jumping around, but one more... Did you notice when you're running around, Link's hair bobs and his ears wiggle and like, like oh, he yeah. has like motion to him now? I spent a lot of time just like watching zooming the camera around, yeah. just like you know, watching him run around. Yeah, it's it's anything. really it's it's kind of neat. Like it, little things like that just make the game so great. But the other thing I was gonna mention is the gamepad's really handy to have. First of all, having a map accessible. I mean, you were talking about with the fortress, but having it accessible at any time without having to pause the game. It seems like in nature. Like I didn't even like. Yeah. Like I just looked down and go, okay. Like yes, I I used yeah. it a lot, but I don't know. Yeah, just is... glance and it's there. It's just glanceable information. Yeah. It's even better for sailing because it's like I mean, uh, E.G. Anuma, the producer of Zelda, has said it pretty much exactly how I'm gonna say it right now. Yeah, I remember it's a GPS. Basically. I remember having to like pause so many times in Wind Waker and the GameCube, like yeah. I have to pull up the map, blah blah blah. And it gets tedious, and you it, you kind of lose interest in exploring because it's like I don't want to pause every ten seconds because I can't remember. Okay, it's not like I have horrible memory, but <laughs> I want to pause all the time because I can't remember what the island I was going to. Like, I got spun around by one of those water spouts. I don't know which way. Ah, damn. Like, it's just so much easier. Yeah. I mean, I know they have the arrow that can guide you, but still, it's easier to have the map there at all times. But also, not just the map, but... And the nice thing is, by the way, that when you're on the map, you can browse other floors. Oh, yeah. While on whatever you're doing on the floor on the TV. So, But the... Uh, the inventory is also super handy. It's um, it's just so much easier than having a pause. It's a lot like Ocarina of Time 3D, where it's just much easier to flick, oh, uh, yeah. flick the item into the designated spot for the button than have to pause. And, and I remember like, in the Water Temple, switching between the Iron Boots and Normal Boots was like so easy. Oh, yeah. It yeah. speeds up so much time. Yeah, but, and with this one, because like, there's items that hold other items, like there's different bags you can get in Wind Waker. And it's kind of cool. I This is such a minor thing, but I just thought it was cool that like when you press the item... How it works is there's like a little designated spawn on the gamepad where like a hexagon can appear. Uh-huh. And when you press the bag, this hexagon like shoots out of it and like fills that space and then all the items are there in the, you know, from the bag. And you can just press whatever one you want and assign it however you want. You have to like keep going in and out of different bags and different menus and it's just so much more streamlined. Yeah. Like, it, I don't know. And also just like the thing about Wind Waker as a whole is just like this game, I feel like was kind of ahead of its time in the sense that, you know, it's very... Yeah, there's a pro- there's a certain order you go through when you go through the dungeons, and there's certain progress you have to make. But it's very open ended in terms of exploration. Like when I, you know, right when I got to Windfall Island, I spent like an hour doing things like uh, the, hide and seek. Yeah, hide and seek. The that's actually what I was gonna say. Yeah, hide and seek. Um, the picto box, like getting the color one, which is a necessity if you want to do selfies, which also are really fun, by the way. Being able to like change Link's expression Uh-oh. for the selfies is is a nice little touch. But, um, yeah, doing all that, like, in older, in some Zelda games, or in some games in general, it would, especially at the time it came out, you wouldn't be able to just, whenever you want, be like, I'm gonna do hide-and-seek for an hour on this island, even though King of Red Lions is saying, hey, I need a sail, give me a sail. Yeah. But, in this, you can't. Like, it feels current. This game feels very current, even though it's from a decade ago. And just like how you could go to any island you want at any time. Within reason. So, I don't know. That's, I think in a nutshell i mean like i said if you like zelda you're you should get this if you like adventure games you should get this if you like wii your wii U, you should get this the box is shiny i mean why wouldn't you yeah, get the, it? Box the box is, is nice. gold foil it's well not real gold but it's really nice actually but um no it's just i think they just did this is how you do a, an hd version this is how you do a remake you don't just up res and shoot it and, and shoot it out the door you literally redo it and make it 
more streamlined yeah. and like faster sailing's like, really nice like really nice like you just you know you just redo it yeah like i started playing um like a while ago um the hd version of ico because it was released on playstation plus for free right and i mean it's the hd version from a ps2 game and then as soon as i feel like oh it's an hd look at that frame rate but then everything is is exactly how it was on the ps2 so the graphics like they look pretty yeah yeah everyone looks yeah yeah, it, yeah, it's, I, it's I, I, simple. I, 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 think, simple. I think my tone speaks for itself, but yeah. Yeah, everyone's... Yeah. Or, yeah. 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 About that. No, but I think... Like, I would be okay if Nintendo were to start, like, HD... If, if this is how they choose to do it. If Nintendo were to do this with some other GameCube games, I'd, I'd be okay at that. Imagine F-Zero. Oh. No, as a complete, like, already H- looks really good. Yeah, so imagine as a complete HD overhaul with some, like, new gameplay, maybe online mode. Yeah, I wouldn't mind buying the game toys. Yeah, I'd be cool with it. But yeah, I think, yeah, I, it's kind of one of those things that, yes, this isn't a new game, but it's such a good game. That, like, if you need something to play right now, or if you want a game to play once, you know, once you be whatever you're... Let's say, okay, let's say you're saving money from R3D World, and you don't want to buy this right now because you already own Wind Waker, you've played it before. Double back, <laughs> double back on it after the holidays when there's not much out. It's worth a revisit. It's really good. I mean, it's a great game to begin with, but just, like, the nips and tucks and tweaks, it's... It's it's good. There's nothing else really to say. It's good. Yep. Yeah. So, on that note, I think that pretty much does it for this episode of the Roundtown Podcast. Uh, thanks for listening, as always. Be sure to check out the Indicate article that I mentioned at the top of the show. Um, when it goes up on the site sometime this week, we will tweet it out through our Ram Nintendo account, so follow at Ram Nintendo, or you can follow me and Jose individually, not just to find out about that. I don't know if Jose will tell you. I certainly will. But also, just for our thoughts on gaming and life in general and whatever else we may be talking about. I don't know. So I'm uh, I'm at JSR7. Jose's at Wero. That's W-E-I-R-O underscore O. We're also on Meverse. Uh, you can friend us, follow us, see all my, what will eventually be a steady stream of Wind Waker selfies, probably. Uh, I'm Jason R. Jose's Wero, once again. And also be sure to go to roundtown.com right now and check out our latest extra. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen it yet. It's a it's the fifth edition of our flashback series. This one is dedicated to GameCube. We each pick two of our favorite GameCube games. Not necessarily the best games. Not necessarily the system sellers, but the ones we really like to play. So uh, go check that out and see if you agree or disagree with something. And why, you know what? You can, you know, if you think our choices are horrible, leave a comment and tell us so. We'd love to hear which games you think deserve the title of favorite GameCube games. So um, with that, we'll be back on October 20th with impressions of Pokemon X and Y, which are coming out next weekend, plus sales, plus I believe we're up for another uh, Jason Sales Corner. I think we have September sales numbers coming in, so if you want to see how good or bad Wonderful Wild One did, definitely tune in to that episode, and there'll be tons of other news. So yeah, we'll see you in two weeks. <laughs>